morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn. Griffin is here, but our friend Charles is running the board today. So any mistakes at all during the course of the show, like if I screw something up, it's Charles's fault, which I like. I like there being somebody that we can blame for anything that might go wrong today. Today's show is brought to you by UNBC Basketball. Tough one last night for the Retrievers against NJIT. Thought they had that one. That's why they need you uh, when they get back home next Wednesday night against Binghamton. They need you to be there to help support them, get them that home court advantage. You can get your tickets right now at UMBCRetrievers.com. And if you had gone last night to check out the UMBC women, you would have gotten to see a buzzer beater, a game-winning three with .2 seconds remaining. We tried to tell you. It's on you if you didn't go ahead and get your tickets. I wouldn't miss it on Saturday. When the UMBC women take on Vermont, again, tickets available, umbcretrievers.com. Spend game day in the peak. Plus, they're giving away a uh, free beanie if you go to five games during the season. So you're trying to figure out what, because well, you've been to one. Yeah, I've been to one. You're trying so to do I the gotta, math on whether or not you can get the four more, more in order yes. to get your beanie. That's yes. a thing. That absolutely sounds like a thing that you would be concerned about, Griffin. That 1,000% sounds right. Got to figure out when I get down to Catonsville. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, Maryland basketball got a win last night. Later on in the program, Brandon Gordon, who was on the call not only for last night, but also uh, this past Sunday when Maryland nearly knocked off Purdue. Uh, he will join us a little bit later on in the program. We will make our championship weekend picks. By far the most difficult picks that I can remember with a lot of on the line. Like Last week to me was so... Like, I, I, it's funny because I did go four and zero last week, but they they all felt so easy. Don't forget to, to mention me. that. Yeah. Well, I did, but it's I'm telling you, they all felt e- like when I replied to the email. Did you do the same thing last night? You just wrote it down. No, this is the issue. Now I've been thinking about it. I've talked myself in and out of three different things. Plus, Proctor's trying to play you know mental warfare with me. I'm not letting him screw with me. I'm gonna make my own decision. I don't care what he does. He can do whatever he wants. I'm making my own damn picks. You son of a bitch. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, as a lot of people have pointed out, it's very rare that you get the championship weekend and you have four teams left where you feel like legitimately any of them could win the Super Bowl. And I know that um, Greg Rosenthal pointed out the other day that we've never had a championship game, championship weekend with two games where the lines were this close. Like, we've never had this before. It's truly that historic. So we will make those picks a little bit later on in the program as well and uh we're going to we're going to dip our toes into a fighting words for the first time this morning on top of Charles making his debut running the board he also for the first time will do a full segment and there has been a lot going on in the world of fighting so we will uh, try to get caught up on some of that I don't even know that because we told him he's get, he gets three stories. It feels like there's even more than three that yeah, are relevant. Yeah, definitely got some today. There was some on TBS last night. Uh. Uh, I don't care about the slap <laughs> thing. If we're talking uh. about, I don't. I, in fact, honest to God, I'm opposed to it. Like, oh man, that's I, one of the stories. I read uh, Chris Nowinski's thing, and he's he's right. It's it's indefensible that we're putting that on television. Like, you you can't defend his Chris Nowinski. Of course, is like the authority when it comes to brain injuries. Chris Nowinski said, what are we going to do next? Like, who can survive a stabbing? And I said, you know what, man? I, I don't try to be a tight ass about this type of stuff, but you're not wrong. Like, putting something on television that involves no defense and you're just able to watch someone get knocked out and, like, there's videos of dudes going into the fencing posture and, like, it's one thing in football. I don't like it in football, but in football, that's not the intent 
of what you're doing. That's the intent of this is indefensible. The the slap thing. The, yeah. the I'll Dana speak on it later, but it seems like the intention is to really push the characters um, that are participating. All and, well and good. Yeah. And if they were real fighters, we I could talk about that. This is this is something that shouldn't even happen at a bar on a Thursday night. Like this is gross. But we can talk about it later. This is my little like uh, right, contribution could, to YouTube as well. Until oh, because young people care about this. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later, and we can have that conversation. But I have—I—I I didn't care about it at all. It was irrelevant to me until I saw what Chris Nowinski posted, and then I said, "Yeah, this is this not all right." Um, all right. So those are the things that are coming up right now. Um, I, just worth pointing out that today is kind of a special day here in Baltimore because today is the 17th birthday of the great Mo Gabba, and. Um, you know, whenever we bring up Mo's name, I get emotional, obviously, but you start thinking about how close to adulthood Mo would be getting at this point, and everything that he had already done as a child, and the impact that he had made before ever setting foot in high school. And it makes you think about the impact he could have made had he reached high school and adulthood and for the rest of his life. And it makes you very emotional. It makes you, it leaves you particularly sad. But you also reflect on what an amazing life he lived of course, before he left us, and um, sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I just get I get a little caught up when we talk about it. But today is Mogaba's 17th birthday, and it's really fitting that it worked out this way. This was not planned this way; it just so happened to work out that we had wanted to catch up with our friend Trey Mancini because since the last time we talked to him, he's had a lot going on in his life. Won a World Series, got married, has a new baseball team, and so we wanted to do it. And it it's just really fitting that we end up having this conversation today on Mo's birthday. And um, it's always a pleasure and a thrill for me to welcome back our friend, the great Trey Mancini, who's with us once again this morning here on GCR. Trey, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, buddy. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn of course, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. This is uh, The timing is, is pretty unbelievable that it just worked out that today was the best day for you. It is, of course, Mo's birthday today. He would be 17 years old. Um, I'm wondering, Trey, as you were going through the World Series and and obviously this life kind of changing moment for you, how much you thought about Mo as you were going through all that? Yeah, I, I definitely thought of him. Um, I think about him a lot, actually. Um, you know, but especially during baseball season, especially when they were for me in September and, and that rolled into the playoffs, unfortunately too. So, um, you know, but I, I had to stay the course, um, you know, and that's something Mo, um, taught me too, you know, that there's, there's something always greener on the other side. So, um, you know, like I said, you know, he's, he's always with me and, and all of us, um, you know, all of us whose, whose lives he touched. I mean, I, I, I think back to the story you told us about when you were scuffling at the All-Star break and you just wanted to spend time with Mo, right? And and how that kind of worked for you, right? Like, that when you're going yeah, through something, yeah. 
it just seems to be that like Mo is the easiest way for you to say, okay, let me put everything in perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, puts everything in perspective and and um, you know shows you that no matter what what cards are being dealt at the time, um, you know it's up to you to choose how to live your life and and carry yourself through it. Um, you know, and that's that's the greatest lesson he taught me. Oh man, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Um, we I. I I do think a lot about like what everything that Mo accomplished and what more he would have accomplished had he seen adulthood, right? Like it's it's the infuriating part is that we were robbed of for everything we got, we were robbed of someone who was truly going to continue to change the world for decades to come. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, his life was unfortunately cut short way too soon, but um, you know, I, I say it every time. He he taught us more in in um you know, his life than a lot of people can accomplish in a, an entire life expectancy, um, you know, till, till their 70s or 80s. So, um, you know, that's something that lives on forever. All right. So, you know, our friend Eric Arditi, of course, he just sent me this. Um, I don't know if you've seen this or not. There's a baseball card that is out there that someone was pulled. You know that there are baseball cards that include patches uh, of jersey. And there is a Trey Mancini card that is out there. And it includes a patch or a little piece of your jersey. And it just so happens to be that the piece of the jersey, and we're going to share this on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, are the two letters from Baltimore, M-O. And this is one of the most... No way. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to retweet it, and I'm going to tag you in it, or I'm going to text it to you right now. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Eric just sent me this. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen it before. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Dude. Wow. I am, like, I have chills right now wow. looking at this. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Hang on. I'm trying to text it to you at the moment. Um, I'm, dude, I'm going to get a little emotional. <laughs> like, this is so freaking Yeah, powerful. what are the chances of that? That's pre- yeah, that's pretty cool. Isn't but, it unbelievable? Um, but, yeah, those, those cards, I, yeah, they always cut up the jersey, put a little piece of the jersey in there, and, and um, yeah, that's, that's really neat. All right, wow. I, I, I just sent you the text, so hopefully you'll be able to see it because, boy, that is, that is something else. All right, Trey Mancini. That, that is awesome. Dude, it's so cool. It's so cool. Trey Mancini is with us. Um, brother, how's, how about these last couple of months for you, huh? <laughs> these have been all right. Yeah, it, it has, uh, yeah, it, it's been a couple months for sure, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great off season. Uh, definitely a, a little bit of a quicker one than, than normal, but, but absolutely incredible. Let, let's go back because we have not chatted since the world series. I, I know, obviously I'm sure you would have loved for it to involve hitting four home runs and everything like that, but. I, I, we talked about this a little bit on the show. To, to make the play that you did defensively, when it wasn't going the way you wanted it to go offensively, how important was it for you to have a moment where you can truly say, yeah, but I still put my stamp on this World Series. I still, whatever was going on, I, was still, I, did, I wasn't just along for the ride. I really did do something to truly help this team win. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly what you want um personally obviously when you're in the playoffs and and playing for a world series it's something much much larger than yourself so um even before that i i'd say i did a pretty good job of not getting like fully caught up um in my personal struggles you know i knew that there was a chance i'd be inserted into the game at some point i didn't expect it to be how it was you know especially defensively um but but i knew you know like i said a few minutes ago you got to stay the course um it's something that's 
that's much bigger than yourself or any personal struggle. So I knew I had to stay ready. Um, you, you know, no matter how much of a funk I had been in at the plate, um, you know, defensively, offensively, I knew I had to be ready to come in there. And, and, um, you know, whenever you're brought into a game like that, the ball always seems to find you. Um, so I knew I, I needed to be ready to make a play there. Well, you were. Uh, it was a huge moment. There's no doubt about it. How does it compare? Like, I, growing up, I have no doubt that you, you know, you, you dreamed this and, and you played it out in your backyard at some point and you visioned winning a World Series. What does it feel like when it actually happens in comparison to how you dream about it when you are a child? Uh, it's, it's, you know, you dream it up, um, you know, so much as a kid. And, and I would say it was pretty similar to how I expected the feeling to be. I had only had that feeling on a baseball field probably one time before. Um, and, and it's when I was, you know, a kid and we had won a state championship. Um, you know, that's the only time I felt that pure jubilation and, um, it's a feeling you always want to have again. So to have it at this level, um, you know, so many years later was was really cool um especially on that stage it's you know the world series it, it was awesome it was incredible is is there a, like I, I the word that comes to mind is like fulfillment is there y- y- like your career was going to be fine whether you ever won a world series or not right like you would have beaten the odds you would have accomplished so much more than you know 99.9 percent of anyone who ever picked up a baseball bat but is there is there something beyond that about winning a World Series that makes it feel like, man, nothing else matters at this point? It's all kind of gravy now. Yeah, I think I think just because um, you know it's something that you can always look back and reflect on, and and um, you know, winning a World Series is always something that's going to be attached to to your career, um, and and it's a team accomplishment too. Um, you know, it, it takes the entire the entire team from top to bottom, um, you know, everybody contributes and, and helps the team win. So it's, you know, I think the greatest accolade that you can, you can get on a baseball field, you know, it's what we all play the game for. I mean, dude, it's, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, right? Like it's every kid's dream. It's every, it's every kid's dream is playing for a team, right? And there's no doubt about it, but we all know the reality is every kid's dream is a dog pile and, you know, spraying champagne on each other. <laughs> after winning a game, man. Yeah, like, and it was, yeah, and, and yeah, just getting to celebrate that with all the guys and, and um, you know, it's it, especially with how long our season is and how, how grueling it can be at times um, and, and kind of a roller coaster it can be personally and, and as a team, um, you know, it makes it all worth it in the end. Did you allow yourself, I think you remember, everybody was freaking out about the moment when Adley came up last year and he got to home play and he looked around and, you know, he kind of downplayed it like, dude, I do that all the time, right? <laughs> like, that's just sort of what I do. But, like, we love that moment so much, like the idea of him just sort of soaking it all in. Did you allow yourself any of those moments as you were going through this to just sort of, like, pause and look around like, holy crap, this is the World Series? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely did. I, I'd say, like, before game one in Houston and then um, before game three in Philly, especially, like, the first game that's played at, at one of the parks in the World Series is an atmosphere that is unlike anything that I've experienced. So, um, you know, those are the moments where you kind of soak it in and, and appreciate where you are. Um, and like you said, yeah, Adley did that when he got called up, which I thought was, you know, a really neat, um, you know, really neat thing and very genuine, you know, just looking around, appreciating where you are, because it takes, you know, a lot of hard work to, to get to that moment. 
Oh, it's really cool, man. Another couple minutes here with Trey Mancini on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Trey, we were talking, my buddy Drew and I were talking yesterday, and he said, you know, my wife, whenever I cry when I'm watching a movie or something, my wife yells at me because I didn't cry at our wedding. Um, you won a <laughs> World Series. How important was it to you to make sure that you cried when you got married so that, you, like, Sarah wouldn't say, like, hey, you weren't more excited about winning the World Series, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I did not shed any tears at the World Series, but okay. I did at the wedding. Okay. So, I think I, uh, yeah. All right, you're um, good. <laughs> you know, score, I think you always, yeah, score some brownie points when that's the case. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was the best day of our lives, no doubt about it, um, getting married. It was everything that we had dreamed of it to be and, and hope for it to be and and um you know just such a special day and special weekend with all of our family and friends i think it's one of the cool things that you brought up a lot since leaving baltimore right that like the the connections you're going to have to hear are are numerous but that one really does stand out like you met your wife because of this place and and really does speak to how connected wherever you're going to be now with the cubs how connected you're forever going to be to baltimore yeah, of course. Um, you know, no matter, um, no matter what, you know, no matter how many years I, I play and, and um, things like that, I'm always going to have a deep connection with Baltimore. You know, I was in the organization for 10 years. I was there for a really long time and um, felt such a strong connection to the city and, and the team and all the guys. So I, of course, um, you know, that's not ever going to change, you know, and especially, you know, years down the road um, when I'm retired and, and everything like that, I'm always going to be um, more than happy to come back to, to Camden and to Baltimore and, and, you know, stay part of the community there. What does it mean to you to be a Cub? I mean, like, I think about you being at Notre Dame. It feels like everybody at Notre Dame is a Cubs fan, right? Like, I I, I know that, that, that there's a <laughs> lot of... Right? <laughs> like, I, I know yeah. that there's got to be a really special connection there. I, I, I Look, if you were if you had signed in Seattle, you would come on here and you would say, dude, it's so cool to be a Mariner. Like, I understand how this works. But it does feel like there's got to be something really cool and unique about you now being a Chicago Cub. Definitely. Um, yeah, when you go to college in the Midwest, and especially so many of my friends were born and raised in Chicago or a suburb of Chicago. So um, they're all Cubs fans, and I know how passionate the fan base is. And I grew up, go you know, I went to Wrigley when I was a kid um, with one of my best friends who was a Cubs fan. So, um, you know, it's, it's an iconic franchise. and It's an iconic team, and, and to get to play there, um, it's so cool. And I have a lot of connections to Chicago as well. My older sister lived there for a long time, met her husband there. And my younger sister currently lives there. We're going to live, you know, pretty close wow. to her. So it's really cool. Wow. You know, it, it, it's awesome. You know, that's kind of another full circle thing for us too, is getting to play in Chicago. So, um, you know, so excited and, and seems like we're going to have a really fun group and, and should be a really fun year for us there. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool that it worked out that way for you. Like, was it, was it the type of thing that you were, like, secretly kind of rooting for as you went into this process? Like, hey, I wouldn't mind if a phone call happened to come from Chicago, or did it almost kind of catch you off guard? Like, oh, really? Yeah. Sign me up for that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't go into free agency with too many expectations, I think. Um, you know, I, I just kind of let it play its course. And, of course, your agent does all you know the phone calls everything like that talks to the team uh, and he obviously kept me afloat of everything going on and and the cubs were always there um you know they were always one of the teams i was very interested so um when i heard that i did hope you know that that something worked out because i i thought that it would be a great fit 
obviously playing at Wrigley is incredible. I love day games and we have a lot of day games there, which is pretty cool, you know, and, uh, and yeah, it, it just, it, it feels right. Dude, I'm not like a Cubs fan, but whenever I see like a, a big game and everybody in the stadium singing Go Cubs Go afterwards, I get a little jealous. I'm like, yo, that just yeah. sort of seems, that's a scene, bro. <laughs> like that is. It is, a, it is. You know, it's, it's certainly, um, you know, summertime in, in Chicago is incredible and, and, um, you know, the, the summertime games there are so much fun. It's almost a tourist attraction for people visiting Chicago, too, which is cool. You know, it's it's one of the staples of the city. You didn't happen to reach out to Brandon Hyde at all when, when that was on the table, like knowing how significant he was with Chicago for a few years, did you? He, so he, well, he t- obviously we, we talked afterwards, um, you know, and he was so happy for me and just said that I'm going to love it. Um, you know, he, when he came over to Baltimore, he would, um, you know, always speaks so highly of the organization and his time there. So, um, you know, I had heard such good things from from he. Um, Michael Givens was there last year, who sure. obviously is back yeah. in Baltimore, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he told me, you know, you would absolutely love it here. You'd be a great fit. And, and um, you know, I, I just have heard nothing but the best things. It's awesome, man. It's really, really cool. All right, I got to knock out the two that matter most before I let you go. One, first of all, how you doing health-wise? Where are we at? good uh you know knock on wood still still um you know looking good and and um yeah that's all we that's all we yeah, can feeling, ask for feeling good feeling that's, like myself that's yeah, awesome yeah i appreciate the, it was was there a moment Dang. through all of this where like you you did where you said okay everything is normal again like was there one moment you look back on like i, I don't know i feel like completely like myself again I don't know if there's like a moment. I think as time goes on, it gets a little easier, um, you know, and, and you think about it less and less every day. But, you know, I still have to get checked up, um, you know, every every six months or so. And, and um, you know, that um, part of it is never going to get easier, I think, whenever you go in for the checkups and stuff. But it's always great to hear that everything looks good. Um, things like that, but I always try not to, you know, jinx in it or in a way or, um, you know, get too ahead of myself. But yeah, everything's feeling and looking good. I love that, man. And then the most important part, uh, when the movie is made about and the the, the penultimate scene is Mo Gabaday and him clearly shining that light in the outfield to make sure that, that ball dropped and you got a, a walk around inside the park home run. <laughs> Who plays Trey Mancini in the movie? And, oh my God! How, how worried are you that nobody is going? Like that, twenty years from now, when people watch the movie, no one's going to believe that it actually happened because it's too impossible the way that it played out. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure who who would uh, play me in a movie, but um, yeah, that's a moment I still think of quite often. I I still can't believe that happened. Right? You know, I'm I, I if I were. A, if I were to guess, I'm probably not going to have another inside the park home run in my career. Um, you know, I've scratched out a few triples, uh, an inside the park home run. I didn't think was going to happen, but, um, I still can't believe that happened on that day. And that at that, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's crazy. Dude, if I'm telling you, if somebody presented it in a script, the the Hollywood producer would say, "Dude, this is too much. Like, it's just yeah, this is ridiculous. It's, yeah, you're you're just overdoing it. It's entire. I know. Yeah, I, I know that we're supposed to romanticize things, but come on, like we got to settle down. It's too much. It's dude. I got yeah, I get, exactly. I'm getting goosebumps uh, it again. Is, it, it truly, yeah. So it's um, 
Yeah, and I still have to like remind myself that that happened. Uh, brother, we're so happy for you. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out that we chatted with you on Mo's birthday because it, it, it brings a smile to my face and. Um, you know, anytime, anytime we get to talk about him and anytime we get to think about him, it's a pleasure because we all know what a special human he was. I'm so happy for you, man. What a, what a, what a couple of months, uh, for you, dude. I, I am Thanks, so man. thrilled. Yeah. And, and please tell Sarah I'm happy for her too. I want to make that be known. <laughs> like we love Sarah. Oh, yeah, She's awesome. And just please tell her that we're thrilled for her as well. But uh, for you and everything, for you to be able to ride this ride right now, it's incredible. There will be a lot of people around here. But may it be that the 2025 World Series is Orioles-Cubs, and we get to have just the most <laughs> perfect moment as that plays out. Yeah, that would be awesome. Dude, thank that you. That would be awesome. Thank you as always, dude. Great yeah. to catch up with you, brother. All right, of course. Yeah, yeah, great to catch up, and thanks for having me on. Of course, buddy. It's Trey Mancini. Man, God, I love that guy. Apologies, I'm getting a little, uh, getting a little emotional. But um, wow, Trey Mancini on Mo Gabba's birthday—you can't ask for, um, can't ask for a lot more than that. Um, dude is uh, as as good as it gets. You know, we we recognize that um, Adley Rutschman was our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and you can still go get this issue of Press Box right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town. Where you find press box, but um, of course Trey was our twenty twenty Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and Mo was our twenty nineteen Sports Person of the Year, and there is a there's a lot of emotion that comes with that, and as we talked about the importance of it, the reason why we made Trey our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year is because. There are people that will come along. I don't know that Charles knows about Mo Gabba. I don't know. Yeah, do you? I have to be honest. I had to look I, him up I, during the interview. Right. Like, yeah. I understand. And I'm not, I'm not, this is not a knock on you. Like, no. I get it. You're not originally from here. Mm-hmm. You're not an Orioles fan. You're not a Ravens fan. That's like, the, I, like, internal, like, uh, guilt uh, kind of justification that I put in my head. Like, all right, I'm not no, from I'm not, here. No, I'm not. Yeah. Trust me. I'm not mad nah, at you about it, Charles. I'm not, I don't, you don't have to defend yourself. <laughs> I, I understand. But it's part of the reason why we said we were going to make this honor the Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. And what we said and what we talked about with his mom, Sanzi, please, if you have a second today, message Sanzi on Facebook. Just tell her you're thinking about her. You tell her you love her. You lose your only son. You know, this day is difficult. There's no, like, there's no getting around that. If you have a second, please tell Sanzi that you love her today. Um... But when we talked about it with her, the point of doing this was was this. We wanted someone like Charles. We wanted somebody in 10 years when, you know, another generation of fans comes by to pick this up and be like, Mo Gabba, sports person of the year? What does that mean? And go look it up. Because we want somebody else to see Mo's story and to learn about the most perfect human we've ever had in our city. And the most incredible person I've ever known and someone who had as much impact on me as anyone I've ever come across that was the point and every time we get the opportunity to talk about Mo we want the opportunity to talk about Mo so it really was dumb luck the way that we worked it out you know Griffin's been messaging with Trey for the last couple of weeks trying to figure out a day that would work right and of course I went to Disney World and like you know, Trey wanted a little bit of time because he was getting married. 
We understand. Get through the holidays, the whole deal. All of a sudden, you know, earlier this week, Griffin's like, hey, talk to Trey. He'd love to do Thursday. And then I sort of was like, oh, cool, Thursday, great, right? And then I looked at it literally last night. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And in a way, I got it. I got it. As you all know, I'm not a very religious person. I have no problem with religion and people that are. It's not like I'm anti-religion. It's just not really my thing. Um, I've told the story famously of how when Bill Ordeen wrote our Mo Gabba cover story, he included an anecdote from Eric DaCosta about how Eric said, I'm not a very religious person, but then I held Mo's hand and I felt something. And I remembered when I read the story before we had sent it to print, I legitimately had qualms with it. Like, thought we couldn't run that. Like, we couldn't suggest that the general manager of the Baltimore Ravens was saying that this young man proved the existence of God. Which wasn't actually what he said, but like, you know, it it kind of felt that way. It read that way. I said, we can't. But I didn't, you know, I, I left it alone because it was a really sweet anecdote and I, I didn't want it, I wasn't going to fight with the staff here over it. I just sort of said I left it alone. And to that point, while I had talked to Mo, I had never experienced that phenomenon. And then, of course, we did an event um, uh, with our buddy Eric and Bradley and Nikki Bozeman and Stan. And um, as I was sitting there, Mo grabbed my hand. And he held it. And holy F, I felt the exact same thing that Eric DaCosta felt. And so, whatever it is that you believe in, I can't help but think about Mo and whatever power there might be that it worked out that we were trying to coordinate this with Trey Mancini for weeks. And it just so happened to be that the day that worked was Mo Gabba's birthday. Brother, if you whatever you want to say about that, I know if Drew was sitting here, he'd be like, "You're trying to tell me that's not God." Like, I, I, you're religious. Feel however you want to feel. I don't know. I can't tell you how to define it, but I'm telling you, I feel something about that. Like, I absolutely feel something about that. It, it was pure happenstance that it worked out that way. And love me some Trey Mancini. Love me some Mo Gabba. I, I, I we will talk about other things this morning. I promise. And. God bless Trey. Be really neat if one day he did put on some orange and black once more before his career was over. But uh, gonna be happy for him. And really, it's a cool thing for any baseball player to get to go play for the Cubs, man. Like that's a that's a thing. We don't feel that way. Everybody else in baseball would say that they would probably feel that way about the Red Sox or the Yankees. Obviously, we don't feel that way here. We never want guys to go play for those teams. So it's sort of like the palatable one. Like this is the one. You can say if there's a franchise that, as an Orioles fan, a player you love, you'd like to see them get the opportunity to go play for and experience, I think the Cubs is the answer to that. It's truly a, a piece of the lore, the folklore of the game. Bro, I'm telling you, I, don't, I am not in any way a Cubs fan, not even a little bit. But when they're on WGN on a Friday afternoon in the middle of a playoff race and they win a big game, and they put up on the, the screen, like, the entire stadium staying through the final pitch so they can all stick around and sing Go Cubs Go drunkenly together afterwards. You absolutely, It's like the, one of the closer things that baseball has to, like, the feeling of European soccer. 
Like, dude, you want to be a part of that. You want to feel what that must feel like. So I think it's awesome that Trey Mancini is going to get to go play for that organization and get to have that feeling. I mean, that that's so cool. All right. Try to bring it all together here. Let me try to broadcast professional. <clears throat> definitely, definitely not on the verge of tears. Not at all. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. It's a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You perhaps have never signed up for DraftKings before. And if you haven't, then I need you to do something. What I need you to do right now is go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Say, well, why am I doing that? Well, I know why you're doing it. You're doing it because if you sign up through the DraftKings link at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, you bet just $5, you can win $150 if either quarterback throws for more than a single yard in the Chiefs-Bengals game. One yard. Either one. So if one of them gets knocked out on the first play, you're still cool. You say, well, I have signed up for DraftKings. Has your wife? Has your girlfriend? Have they both? Has your husband, your boyfriend? I don't know who we're talking to. Whatever you're into. I said my mom's you last said, show. Did she, yeah. did she sign up? I'll ask her. You better get I'll on it. You only got three days Sunday, left, bro. Yeah. You only got three days left. No, you know, I got Charles. Ask. Charles cannot because he's a college athlete. I have to wait down the wire, like and like really like. Oh, put he, the feet to the fire. To yeah, right? Like, all right. Yeah, all right. You, all right. You all got to right. get on that. Someone in your life has not signed up for DraftKings. Mrs. Clark had not signed up for DraftKings, but now she has, because we got to make up the money that we lost on Disney World. We got a bit of a problem. Somebody you know has not signed up for DraftKings. You don't have to. This is not, there's no catch here. It's not free bet money. It's just money. Now, obviously, the folks at DraftKings would like it if you experienced this and said, hey, I enjoy betting money with DraftKings. I might bet some more. But it's not necessary. You can just win cash. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers. All right, when we come back in, we will talk about the Maryland game last night. Brandon Gauden is going to join us. He was on the call for Big Ten Network. That is on the way as we continue on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. 
Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. If you missed it a little bit earlier in the week, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley caught up with Matt Blood, Orioles Director of Player Development. You can find that show right now by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Orioles Director of Player Development, Matt Blood. So, um, Marlon Humphrey's going war on pizza now. Did I see that correctly? He's, as if he's not trashed everything else that people love, he's now included pizza on that list. He, that, what's he in Japan? And he, and somebody, so I, this is, this, his reasoning is kind of. Right, but this is, these are two <laughs> different things, right? So, I saw this tweet, and look, I've, Marlon and I have had plenty of conversations about his terrible food takes over the, <laughs> I like Marlon not only because he's an outstanding football player. Obviously, he's yes. he's an unbelievable football player, but I I dig how interactive he is. I and I we he and I talked about that. He, uh, we were out in an event, just kind of happenstance last summer, and I said, "Dude, I I know you get we clown you about it, but I just I hope that you know I appreciate." how the lengths you go to be interactive with Ravens fans. Like I think as much as we make fun of your takes and as much as we make fun of some of the things you say, I hope you understand that like there is something about that that endears you more to fans that you are putting yourself out there. And you know we found out that like in season somebody else is doing some of his tweeting for him. 
Um, and then he takes it back over after the season is over. But he, I, I think this community feels more of a touch with Marlon Humphrey only because he interacts. Like, he is involved. He he, texts, he tweets back. Like, he absolutely provides himself, um, you know, a platform for which to be involved with Ravens fans. So he tweets the following. I just don't understand pizza lovers. It's all the same. No such thing as the, quote, best pizza spot, unquote, blah, blah. It's a weird thing because somewhere in there I think there's a point. And I've said it before. I think there are people, I kind of make fun of New York because of this. Like New York, they're like, dude, it's home of the best pizza. And I say, no offense, there are places I can get pizza in Maryland that are just as good as New York pizza. Having that be your food stuff isn't like crabs or crab cakes in Baltimore. You can't go anywhere in Iowa and replicate that. But even the best pizza in New York, I can go somewhere in Maryland and get something that replicates it. But he followed it up by saying, I'm going to Japan and someone suggested we get the best pizza. Pizza? Bread and cheese? Why would I go to Japan to get Pizza Hut? And there's, there is a point in there as well, which is why in the hell, who is your friend that when you're going to Japan would suggest, let's go get pizza? That's insane. Like, imagine. Imagine you're planning a trip somewhere. You're like, we got to go go get all this food. Even in, in within the States. Like, I, I go down to Charleston, for example. A couple summers ago, I went to Charleston. I, I imagine somebody being like, dude, there's this great pizza spot in Charleston. Like, no, dude, I can get Some great... Southern broils. Right, I don't need yeah. that. I can get great pizza when I'm at home. I need barbecue while I'm here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do while I'm here is get barbecue. I, somebody visits here from out of town, I'm not going to say, dude, you know what we need to do tonight? Best pizza in Baltimore. It's insane. <laughs> like, who would do that? Now... Multiply that to the nth degree because he's in Japan. So I get his point about that. It's nuts that anyone would suggest, hey, we're on this trip to Japan. We should probably go get some pizza. Get the entire F out of here. But trashing pizza in general? It's it's not okay. Not okay. We'll have to take it up with him. All right. uh, Maryland gets a big win last night as they take care of business against Wisconsin. Our next guest has been on the call not just for last night on the Big Ten Network, but he was on the call as well on Sunday as Maryland nearly pulled off the uh, shocker on the road at Purdue, put up a hell of a fight in the comeback effort. Joining us now, he is Mr. Brandon Gauden from Fox and Big Ten Network. He's with us here on GCR. Brandon, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to be back with you. I I will say really quickly, I was listening in on a pizza debate, and I think as a general rule, you are correct, Lynn, but there can be exceptions. And there's a a place called Sabatino's in Charleston that is owned and operated by a guy who's from the Bronx. Brandon. That's some of the best pizza. Some of the best pizza you'll ever have, Glenn. Okay, That's but, all I'm all right, saying. All right, all right. I'm hearing you, but telling me right now <laughs> that I that I get a trip to Charleston next week. I'm going. Well, first of all, I'm probably going to go hang out with my friend Ralph Friedgen if I go do that. So there's there is that to begin with. <laughs> but I get a trip to Charleston next week for one day, and my option is Sabatino's or Rodney Scott's Barbecue. And you're telling me that I should take the time to go to Sabatino's instead of Rodney Scott's. 
I'm just saying there are exceptions to the rule. I'm not a barbecue guy myself, so what? I would go what to is... Sabatino's. But fair, but Brandon. fair enough. If you're an outsider and you're looking for the local cuisine, go get your barbecue. Do you, you hate? You. Do you hate puppies and apple pie as well? No, but I do hate kittens. Okay. So uh, you know what? Kittens can be annoying though. So I might actually no, I, I love kittens. I'm not gonna say that. But you hate you don't like barbecue? Like they, they do you, I it really makes me question whether or not you truly love America. <laughs> it, it's okay. It's oh, just not God. like if you give me a good good oh. slice of pizza versus even good local barbecue, I'm I'm going oh, with the pizza. Oh so. man, I really thought I liked you too. I really thought that you you thought you were one of my favorites. So did my parents. <laughs> so did my parents. They must be so ashamed. Every time you're like, hey, Mom, yeah. Dad, I, look at all the things that I've done this year and they're like, Brandon, you don't like barbecue. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey man, it's great it's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, you know, yeah. I, I guess on the whole, what what do you make of this? There's been a lot of ups and downs with this Maryland team, but they have continually showed fight. They've continually showed, I, I think they've outperformed what you could have reasonably expected for a team that had very little depth coming into the season and a first-year head coach. I It's not, you know, we don't, we're not confusing them with a team that's like a threat to make a Final Four run, but... It, it feels like there's a lot of reason for macro and micro optimism right now for Maryland basketball fans. I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting roster. It's a roster that is, you know, like we see so often these days, especially coming out of the COVID and the grad transfer situation, that it's kind of cobbled together. And then you throw in that you've got a, a program that's had some turmoil, obviously, the last few years and a new head coach. And so... To me, if they can find their way into the NCAA tournament this year, that is a major success no and will really help set the groundwork for next year. The depth, the depth is an issue, and, and even though they have been scoring more in the paint as of late by driving the ball, which I do think is their recipe for success going forward, uh, they've got to get a, find a way to get Julian Reese to stop fouling so much because they need him on the floor, especially as they're going to go down the stretch in Big Ten play and, and towards the Big Ten and possibly NCAA tournament. To your point, what a difference he made against Zach Eady on Sunday. I mean, Zach, I, obviously Zach Eady got his because, you know, he's an alien, of course. Like, he is not, yeah. he's not like other humans. But Julian Reese just at least providing a battle and doing his own offensively gave Maryland an opportunity to win a game that they had no business winning. Like they, there was no world in which they should have had a chance to to get a look for a game tying three at the end of that game. Well, especially after the first half that right. they played, they played so poorly and they were down fourteen. They couldn't score. They couldn't do anything. And they flipped a switch at intermission. And to to flip a switch against Purdue if you're at home is one thing. But when you're at Mackey Arena. I mean, that crowd is just, and I know people over the last couple of years have really started to pump up Mackey and what an atmosphere is, but it, but it's second to none, and that place was rocking. And for them to come out of halftime doing what they did, I, I really learned something about the Terps and their toughness. Now, look, that's kind of Kevin Willard's, that's his thing. Like, he always preaches toughness, and a lot of coaches do, but, like, Willard is a tough SOB. I mean, he just is. He's a no-nonsense guy. And he obviously lit into those guys at intermission and got them to come out with fight. And they carried that forward yesterday. Wisconsin is not, this is not a great Wisconsin team, but 
Maryland beat them soundly, yep. and, and I really thought took the fight to the Badgers last night. So these last three halves of basketball, there's, there's a lot to like for Maryland. Brandon Gauden, Fox Sports, Big Ten Network with us here on GCR. Brandon, with that said, obviously this has been a team that's been much different at home this season, right? And I, I know it's sort of a dumb thing to point out because in college basketball, everybody's better at home, right? Like it's just it's significant, but it seems to be particularly significant with this team is it something – Seth Greenberg a couple weeks ago tried to suggest to me that this is how you make up for your lack of depth, that this team has to hold their own at home. They need the emotional edge of loud crowds because that's how you go about making up the depth. I know there's no analytic that can prove that. I know we can't have Ken Palm explain it to us. But do you feel like there is something about this team that given their limitations – holding their own at home is their path. Win the games that you can at home. They've only picked off one so far on the road, and it was against a Louisville team that barely even qualifies as a mid-major this season. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, is there something to be said for that, that, like, that this is the difference for a team that doesn't have as many bodies, that, that home court has made that significant of a difference for them? Yeah, I think where the difference is, that, that why it's important, is if your margin of error is small, then protecting home court becomes more valuable. Teams like Penn State, teams like Maryland, teams like Wisconsin that are probably going to be battling in those mid-tier spots in the Big Ten, that's where it's just so vital to protect your home court. If you're asking, is there something specific to this Maryland team that makes them better at home than on the road? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's just maybe an out outlier that they've statistically been so much better at home than on the road. It, usually when I look at teams that struggle on the road – and there's a reason for it, it's because they've got three freshmen in the starting lineup who just haven't been through those battles. But that's not really the case with Maryland. I mean, you've got Hakeem Hart, you've got Dante Scott, even though he's a transfer, you've got Don Carey. You've got guys that have kind of been through those battles and been in these environments. So I think it's just more of one of those outlier situations. And who knows if it'll, it'll track that way the rest of the season. But the bottom line is, with how thin their margin for error is, they, they do – need to continue to protect their home court and it'll be interesting you look what they've got coming up a short turnaround against nebraska and then indiana uh indiana playing much better even though they almost last lost last night against minnesota but a much improved i think over the last few weeks indiana team that this is a very intriguing two-game stretch coming up here for Maryland. And obviously a, a team with an, an, an intimidating post-presence, which has been an issue for Maryland this season, given what they lack, and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, uh, Brandon, the story of Jameer Young to me is so cool, right? Like Because every time you watch him, you just keep saying to yourself, why was this dude not at the highest level of college basketball for the last three seasons, right? Like, why... What, why was it that it took this long, especially coming from a program like the Matha, right? Like, it's not like he was wildly under the radar. What were people missing? This guy can clearly play, not just, like, capably, but at a really high level. It's Jameer Young's a little bit of an extreme example, but I think every Power 5 team this year, it feels like, has a Jameer Young. Now, now with how easy it is to transfer without penalty, you know, they go to the school that was a smaller school that was willing to give them some love and recruit them. They didn't get many power five looks. They tear it up after a couple of seasons and then they realize they've got a bigger opportunity. And oh, by the way, now they can go and make some more money at these bigger schools. And, and I think that's what we're seeing with Jameer Young. Now, why did he not get a look out of DeMatha? 
we had some really good teammates and he was undersized and let's just call a spade a spade. People, people missed out on him, right? Like they, they were going to recruit the, the bigger, better players. And there were some other guys with stars next to their names. And they didn't think Jameer young at the time had what it took to produce at this level. And clearly they were wrong. And I, you know, you know, for all the things that are like askew right now with college sports and the people that are complaining about where things are, you have to feel good for a guy like Jameer Young. And I get that people might say, but poor Charlotte, they lost their leading score. And in the old days, he would have stayed there and helped them out this year. And maybe they get to the tournament. And I get that. I do understand that. But just for Jameer Young to be able to come back home where he wanted to play and be able to finish off his career in his hometown with his friends and family in the stands and having the type of year that he is and proving that, hey, I can do this on this level and maybe get a look to do so professionally, you have to feel good for the kid. He, he seen, I don't know him well. I've just chatted with him a little bit at shoot-arounds. Seems like a tremendous kid, and hopefully his success will continue here the rest of the season. It really is an awesome story. I mean, it's a really, really awesome story. Um, as we look ahead, uh, Brandon, just you point out, like the, the NCAA tournament, a remarkable accomplishment. It seems like there's a viable path, right? Like the league... Obviously, Purdue is, you know, they are in a league of their own, right, within the Big Ten. But it seems like looking ahead, again, as long as they don't do anything really dumb, like as long as they don't lose to Minnesota or something like that, it seems like there is a viable path for Maryland to have a chance to do exactly what you're talking about, which I wholeheartedly agree, given where the expectations were, simply making the tournament seems like a, comp, uh, you know, a, a real accomplishment and something that you can kind of plant your flag about if you're Kevin Willard trying to lay a foundation. It, I don't want to get carried away, but it looks like there is that path in front of them in order to be able to do that. Well, yeah, absolutely. You look at the schedule. Now you could, you could say, because their schedule, I think, I'm not 100% sure on this, but if I checked right yesterday, it is the easiest remaining schedule in the Big that Ten. About if right. you just yeah. calculate the numbers. Now, now you say that and you look at it and you still got, I get it, you've got to go to Michigan State, you've got to go against Purdue again, you've got to go to Ohio State. There's nothing easy about any Big Ten schedule. We all get that. But you do get Nebraska twice, you get Minnesota twice still, and I think still Penn State twice. Now, these are... I, Minnesota is kind of the one that is struggling that, that seems to be the bottom feeder in the league this year, unfortunately. Uh, Penn State is a possible tournament team, so there's nothing to take for granted there. Nebraska's playing better. But that's six games where you would think if you can go four and two, you'd love to go five and one. But you, let's say you go four and two in that stretch and you steal one of those other games we talked about. I mean, yeah, they're right there in tournament contention. And as long as they wouldn't just lay an egg in the Big Ten tournament and lose their opening round game, uh, I, I think that it's a team that probably gets in. So it's uh, And to think again at the beginning of the year with the, what Kevin Willard had and what was coming back, and you looked at the roster, no one would have thought you would at one point be ranked top 15. And we, and we all agree sure. that that was a little high. That eight no start, everything was a little inflated. That's fine. Put that aside. But the bottom line is they won those first eight games, and that's why they put themselves in the position now to be talking about a possible NCAA tournament bid. And, and look, the schedule, it is more favorable than most in the conference. So we talked about holding serve at home. I think if they can do that and then you, you go to Penn State, you go to Minnesota, and you go to Nebraska, if you could somehow win two of those three, um, I, I think they're in a really good spot for a bid. 
I, you know what? It all sounds good to us from your lips to God's ears, Brandon God, and may that be the case. Uh, I, this is a promise for you. First of all, what, what, where else are we seeing you? What's your schedule like the next few days? Where are we going to be seeing and hearing you? I get a few days off, and then I, I've got UConn and DePaul next week, and then Purdue and Penn State, and UConn and Georgetown are my next three, I believe. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so it'll be. It just I do. Uh, 75-80% Big Ten, and then about the rest is the, the Big East stuff, so I split between the two leagues. Um, but yeah, I'll just be bounced around, and I'll be at the Big Ten tournament again this year awesome. for the first three days, which I'm, I always look forward to. This is my promise so. to you. Whenever you have a Baltimore assignment, whether it's a Ravens game at some point in the future, whatever it is, I don't know how that's going to work out, but if you ever get a Baltimore assignment in the future, I'm going to take you out for Blue Pit Barbecue, all right? And we're going we're gonna to give it a shot. <laughs> We're going to see how you feel about it. We're going to try again at some point, all right? I, th- I thought I was supposed to come up there for crab cakes. Hey, man, you know what? That really, I would be shameful of me. If, I, I'm just, I'm doing the thing that I said earlier I wouldn't do. That's the funny part. I will, I will, I promise you whatever, whenever you're in Baltimore again, dinner's on me, all right? <laughs> it's a, it's a deal, man. Brandon, Thanks for having me. It's good to catch up with you. Brandon Gunn, really appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing it. Uh-huh. Brandon Gordon, Fox Sports, Big Ten Network, with us here on GCR. After he called the last couple of Maryland games, appreciate him taking the time. And again, cautious optimism would be the way that I would describe it. Like I'm not getting carried away. I still think that depth is going to be a problem for Maryland, but you know they've held their own at home. The schedule is favorable for them. They have enough, you know, solid wins. As Patrick Stevens pointed out the other day, that. You know, as long as they don't fall apart, as long as they don't do anything really stupid, there is a real path ahead for them to try to find their way into the NCAA tournament, which, before the season, I, you know, I don't know that I really saw that. I don't know that I saw that as being something that they would be capable of doing. So, noteworthy. Noteworthy, to say the least. All right, winding down hour number one of today's show. It's also been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, it's time for us to make our championship week picks. Our loser has already been clinched, so most everyone participating is doing it ceremonially. They're just doing it to, to sort of pad their stats or the opposite of that, perhaps, at the end of the year. But at the top of the table, there remains a bit of drama. So we got to get that solved. So we'll do that when we come back in. Championship Week Picks, Ken Zalis next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. That first sip... That first bite mm, starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we move into our number two of today's program. Don't forget that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A little bit later on this hour, we are going to get the fighting words, but also we're going to let our buddy Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports check in. As, um, it is Mogab's birthday, and he sent me that unbelievable, I mean just that really unbelievable picture of the baseball card with the patch. And it just so happens to be that the patch that they pulled from Trey Mancini's jersey was the letters M.O. from Baltimore, which is just so bloody impossible. Like, it's just I, uh, it's goosebumps, man. But we're going to talk to him a little bit about Mo and just uh, his thoughts as Mo's 17th birthday was today. So we'll do that with Eric Arditi a little bit later on this hour. Um, I had somebody that reached out to me last night. I had a few people that were going back and forth with me about thinking that I'm too dismissive of the impact of a fully guaranteed contract. To be clear, I am aware, right? Like, I am aware that the scenario that you're talking about is that the difference between, say, Kyler Murray's contract and a fully guaranteed contract is that in the fourth and fifth years, on a contract that isn't fully guaranteed you have at least a chance of getting out from underneath it. The final year of Kyler Murray's. Remember, Kyler Murray's doesn't kick in until 2024. 
the final year of his deal, so that would be 2028, there's no dead cap space. So if something horrible were to happen, like he were to suffer some catastrophic injury or he's just garbage, the Cardinals would have the ability in that final year to get out from under it. The year before that, it's it's minimal. It's something like $8 million of dead cap space. So they could get out from it potentially with minimal damage two years ahead of time. But again, I pose this. The likelihood of that happening. You're talking about, what, a 15% chance at best, I think if I'm being generous, of something awful happening with a young, talented quarterback and someone who, by the way, is far more accomplished than Kyler Murray is. Let's be fair about that. 15 at best percent chance of something like that to get some cap flexibility. Again, at the end of that deal. And that's what you're willing to risk losing your quarterback over? As I said a million times, I know why the Ravens don't want to do a fully guaranteed deal. I know why no one wants to do a fully guaranteed deal. But you're willing to risk losing your quarterback over the 15% chance of something really bad happening at best, and again, I think I'm being generous with that, to get minimal cap flexibility at the end of the deal. That's what you're willing to risk this over? So when I talk about it, when I say this is semantics, I mean that. I know there's a difference. I understand that, legally speaking, there is a difference between a fully guaranteed contract and one that isn't fully guaranteed. By the way, a Lamar Jackson deal would absolutely have more guarantees than Kyler Murray's did. That's the way this process works. But it's a minimal difference that you're willing to take the risk of not having a quarterback over, and that's indefensible to me. I can, If this is what this comes down to, and we don't know that, but if ultimately it came down to that, I can't excuse it. I can't give the Ravens a pass for saying, but we're going to balk it fully guaranteed because it's not so significantly different. It's not reckless as some people describe it. We'll have plenty of time to continue talking about it over the course of the next few weeks until we get some sort of clarity on how this is going to play out. All right, it is time for us to make our picks for championship weekend. This man, there is no relevance to what it is that he does in the course of picks. He has been eliminated, but he's going to join us anyway. Here's our buddy Ken Zalis. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Eliminated, but safe. Yes, Because you know that this is my only goal. The money would be lovely. Eh. But it's, it's not, not significant enough. Yeah, correct. A hundred percent. To offset the other way. I'm still not even sure that everybody paid. For the record, I'm still not even certain. I know that I did. I know That's that you the did. only thing that matters know, to me. I do know that you did. Kyle, Kyle did want to point out that he wanted the record to show that he just did not lose. That that's all. Yeah, it's a great point. Just, Kyle yeah. always said, yeah. he said, "Well, I just won't lose." That was always Kyle's point. Whenever we did a bet, yeah. like I'm just not going to lose, and he also did not lose. It is over. At the bottom of the table. Do we want to add the Pro Bowl? No. What are you talking about? No. Come on. It's not even a Pro Bowl anymore. No. They're doing a thing. No. Stop. Um, Andrew Stecka is our worm. 
It is official. Andrew Steck, after last week, uh, the Jacksonville-Kansas City game was what clinched it. He went with Kansas City. Paul Valley went with Jacksonville, and that ended it. He is four games back with three games to play. He is eliminated. Womp, womp. Uh, did they do the gone fishing segment for him on TNT, or how did that work? Did we get Charles Barkley making fun of him or anything like that? I, I really wish should really look into that. But Andrew Stecker will indeed be uh, flying across the country. I wish it was the – like, I almost wish he didn't have family here. Like, he didn't have anything else that he could do. <laughs> I wish, like, he was only doing it for this. But, alas, he will make a trip out of it, and he'll go to an Orioles game or two or whatever he's going to do while he's here. But uh, he does have to fly across the country from Phoenix to come back here in studio, eat a worm burger, as prepared by our friend Tim in Bel Air. The only danger of that is Tim is so good at preparing foods. Oh, it might be good. He's going to season this. I don't I don't think there's any chance, but you just never know. Like, Tim's that good, but you just never know. He couldn't make bull, bull balls palatable for me. He couldn't do that. Uh, but he will consume that. He will dress up like the worm Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress. He will also perform the worm by Scotty Too Hottie, and whoever it is that he delivers the worm to will then turn around and get their heat back by giving him a stink face, pulling up their britches and putting their butt directly in his face. That's the way it's going to go. Enjoy that, Andrew Stecka. We look forward to the trip. The only drama that's left is at the top of the table, where I have just a one-game lead on John Proctor. So what we'll do is we'll lay the games out there, and we'll let everybody who's only making ceremonious picks make their picks first. And then we'll come back to me and John Proctor. All right, you have John Proctor's picks. So we'll let Ken go first this week. Charles, do you want to make picks just for fun? Everybody, Nobody else. It doesn't matter to anybody else. So just, sure, you can give your opinion just uh, for fun I mean, as well. Why not? All it's, right, there you go. At this point, it's yeah. the lines are so close. You're just it's very difficult for the most yeah. part. For the most part, that's the case. So that's, that's the way it'll go for this week. This week's picks are brought to you by – sorry, I got, I got a little thing going on today. I don't know what's going on with all that. Are brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is still available for another couple of weeks. On Mo Gabba's birthday, we celebrate our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, Adley Rutschman. Go pick this up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all at pressboxonline.com. So which one are we starting with? Uh, we'll start with the first game, 3 o'clock. It's the NFC Championship. Uh, this one's on Fox, so it is, of course, Sunday at 3 o'clock, and the Niners are coming to Philly. And Philly is two and a half point favorites. So can you get to go first? Oh goody! Um, since this is a, these lines are so small, I'm just going with who I'm thinking is winning the game. And it appeared last week to me that Jalen Hurts is a hundred percent, and Philadelphia was the best team in football for about the first 12 weeks until he got injured. Um, now that he's healthy again, I don't see why they shouldn't be the best team in football. I love what the 49ers have done. I've loved what uh, Brock Purdy has done. Um, but it's only two and a half. I'm taking the Eagles. All right. Griffin? Um, yeah, I mean, this this one's – I mean, they're both pretty tough. But this I mean, this, this one's tough because just like Ken said, the Eagles – like, you kind of forgot about them once Jalen Hurts got hurt. Well, you and might have. I did. Yeah, I did. I did not. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
I feel like the 49ers have been playing better for longer, so that's why I'm leaning the 49ers. Um, I like. Did you see the video that uh, I think NFL Throwback put it out? It was because Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts played each other in 2019 with oh, Iowa State, Iowa State, State in, in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, and it turned into a really close. Brock Purdy came a two point conversion away yep. from winning it, coming back. And uh, I've, I feel like the 49ers. I mean, they're both really good teams. 49ers have been slightly hotter. I think uh, I'll take the 49ers. All right, That's Charles. Charles, you can go next. I'm gonna take. The Eagles um, as well. Um, they had their big blowout win last week. Charles, you got to either uh, kind of turn your mouth. Yeah, right. That they way. had their big blowout win last week where San Francisco had theirs in the wild card. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. They're kind of riding a hotter streak. Okay. I know, they, I know San Francisco played a tougher team in Dallas, but. It's Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They were always going to lose that game. That's just the way it works. 49ers haven't lost in, I don't know. All right, the the uh, other irrelevant boys. Uh, all right, let's see. Paul will be on the 49ers with myself. Uh, Andrew Stecco on the 49ers with me. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. It's irrelevant, it so irrelevant. I don't know how that factors. Uh, so then Ken is and what about And what about Kyle? Ken and Charles on the Eagles, Kyle on the Kyle Eagles. Kyle is also on the Eagles. Yes. And I will be joining with, them with the yes, Philadelphia. Withholding John's pick right now. Uh, yes, correct. I will be joining them with the Philadelphia Eagles. You will. I I don't like again. I don't know how anybody has any sort of strong feeling about this. You're not wrong. The 49ers have been playing great football. They didn't play great last week, as Charles just pointed out. But you know, even when they didn't play great, they still played well yeah. enough that they were able to be a decent football team. Um. I think that Ken is right. I think that the Eagles, I don't know if I would go as far as saying they were the best team in football season. They were obviously the best team in the NFC. Their roster is just so well constructed. They're so loaded all over the field. And Brock Purdy played just mediocre enough last week for me to buy into the idea that that could make the difference. The only thing that that freaks me out is that like normally I say, if you give me a good team getting points, I should always take the good team getting points. But to Ken's point, it's less than a field goal. Yes, there's totally a chance this ends up being a two-point game. It absolutely could end up being a two-point game. But at two and a half, I think Philly's going to win. I have to roll with Philly. So the Eagles are my pick. Now, importantly... Trailing one game in the standings... John Proctor will be taking the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, so there Ooh. is high drama. High drama for this football game. All right. All right. Very good. Well, he's going to put on his Eagles jersey. I do not have one of those. I like that's the, This is the part that I hate. I would really prefer if San Francisco won, right? Like I said that earlier in the week. To me, they're the most palatable of all of the scenarios left for Ravens fans. Like, I just know too many Eagles fans. Like, I, while I'm cool with Philly, I have no issues with Philly, I just know too many Eagles fans who will become very douchebaggery. There will be significant douchebaggery because of it. So I would prefer that San Francisco won, but not any longer. <laughs> now I will prefer the alternative. Why the hell are you rooting for Proctor, by the way? Don't you know that Proctor is the biggest heel of everyone? I guess not. You, know? you got it. You're not. Um, you haven't uh, been around yeah, nearly long. You have not been around nearly long enough. Proctor is a massive heel. You are not supposed to root for Proctor. <laughs> you want to say you're rooting for no one? Fine. I'm good with that. But rooting for Proctor makes no sense. He's a huge heel. Guy, he's, the guy, he's, got, he's the upset. He's trailing. I don't think that's an upset at all. If Vegas, had, if Vegas put out the odds for the GCR leading, picks contest. He was leading a couple of weeks ago. For God's sake. All right. Uh, to the AFC Championship on uh, CBS. Sorry, I clicked out of it. Uh, on CBS, 6.30 Sunday nights. Bengals at the Chiefs. Line has done some crazy movement yes. since 
We got it last night when the Bengals were still favored. So it opened up with the Chiefs one and a half point favorites. Then Monday it was went to Chiefs plus one. By Tuesday, I think it was Chiefs plus two and a half. Then it went back to plus one yesterday, and now uh, and now the Chiefs are back to favorites after seeing it. that Patrick Mahomes looks fine at practice. Everybody's like, oh, but he didn't really fine. do anything at practice. Either. He was running. Like, well, I, I mean, if they they were calling it a high ankle sprain. Well, yes, yeah, typically. All right, all right. Anyway, get to the point. Get uh, to the point. The Bengals. We got it last night. Bengals minus one, uh, going on the road into Arrowhead. Ken's Alice. I mean, if it's a pick'em game, which I think most people probably think it is, but you get three points normally for being the home team. Correct. Uh, this is all because when this line was made, is because Patrick Mahomes. You didn't know. Now that you seemingly know i mean the fact that we saw him without braces on and doing a little bit of jogging and walking without a limp casey's a tough place to go and play i know i know that burrow yeah, owns them yeah the Bengals have done pretty well he, he owns them ats he owns them i i can't i i, I gotta take the home team in kansas city uh, I am in agreement. I feel like even, I feel like the so so Pat Mahomes. I, I saw the stat while they were underdogs. He's like seven one and one against the spread as an underdog, and I feel like they're kind of carrying that mentality with them, even though the line has obviously shifted back in their favor. Um, but I, 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 it's so hard to go against the Chiefs. Plus, I don't like the Bengals. I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Plus, I'm getting a point now based on the way they were doing it. All so. right. So you always hear that the the Bengals defense is underrated, but they never really get their flowers. Like it's to the point where like everybody says it, but everyone still believes th- that they haven't proved themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna go out there and get another win again. Also, uh, I've had a I had a high ankle sprain this past football season. Um, you can run, but um, it's not feeling good on a Wednesday or Thursday, and okay. it makes, and it gives you it gives you that doubt going into a game for sure. Okay, no matter what grade the sprain is. All right. All right, jo- joining you on the Bengals, Charles, is Andrew Stetka. Oh, I got bad news. He's very bad at this. Okay. Bad news. <laughs> I'll take uh, the three and zero track record. That is that. There, uh, that is relevant. Paul, Kyle, uh, Ken, and myself on the Chiefs. This I struggled with way more than the other one, for the record, and it's not because Proctor's been trying to mess with me by putting up Cincinnati as his pick uh, from the get go. I don't care who he picked. Honest to God, I don't care who he picked. I originally said the Bengals have owned the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes might be gimpy. You have to pick the Bengals, right? Like, don't you have to? And the video yesterday doesn't do anything for me. Like, He walked off that podium with ease. Great. Go play football. <laughs> to Charles' point, go play football. And let me see what that looks like. But it's more that in my mind, I simply don't believe the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs four straight times. Like, I just don't believe that so i indeed am going with the kansas city chiefs that is my pick for the afc championship game now the question was he playing games when he put in i don't think he was i think i think he actually picked cincinnati uh then you'd be correct he did pick cincinnati i think he actually picked cincinnati Cincinnati. he's taking the bangles i did think that was the case in this one so where that leaves us is all over the place because we picked both games well it's either it could be over it could be over, but I have to win both in order for it to be over, right? Like, if we split, 
then he's still only a game back going into the Super Bowl, and we'd have to play it out. If he wins both, then I'm a game back going into the Super Bowl, and we have to play it out. So the only scenario where it ends is if I get both of them correct. That's the only way that it ends. That is. I, I, I just want to put out there that in the event that this winds up in a tie, we did this two years ago when it was you and I, Glenn, ah. that, that the tiebreaker we decided two years ago was the over-under on the point. Yes, correct. Are, we, are you suggesting something else, or are you saying we do it again? No, I'm saying okay, that that's, right. that's the precedent, yes. so okay. that's, that's what you do. Yeah, I think that's the Just right... So, 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 Gri- so Griffin knows. But didn't, so. didn't, wasn't the way that we did it that whoever was trailing... Because there, there's no way we could be tied because we picked the two games separately. No, so whoever... Who I think well we were we were weren't we? I think yeah we, I was the, the I was, was up one. I think whoever was trailing got to pick a number, and right, then whoever over, was leading got to pick over or under. Oh, okay. something that point, like that, right? Wasn't that the way it went? That part I'm not clear on. I just know it was an over under. I think situation. I think that's the way we did to give the advantage to the person that was leading. I think the way we did it. Now, first of all, if it plays out this way. And somebody's up by one going into the Super Bowl, and both people pick the same the game the same way. Then it's just over. It's just over. We we don't you don't get to change your pick based on whoever the other person no. picked. You have to you know we'll have to uh, ahead of time. If John and I if John's up by one, he me- he messages you his pick. I announce my pick, and if it's the same as John's, then it's just over, right? Like whoever, it's over. It's over. It's over at that point. Yeah. But if it's relevant. I do believe the way we did it is we allowed the the trailing team to set a number of total points. Like I'm gonna go with 63, and then the leading team. I don't think actually think somebody would go with 63, but just bear with me. And the leading team would say, football "That's crazy. I'll go under, right? Like give me 62, and then you get everything 62 and below." I gotcha. think is the way that it worked, but we will double check on that. Um, Casey, you're retired now, but not really. So tell me who it is. Tell me who you're starting to salivate over at 23 in the draft. Uh, you know, it's um, it's one of these wide receivers. I, I, no. No. Yeah. I, but just because of the three that are there that I think are going to be there, and they're all so different. I mean, you got Addison from USC, you got Johnson from TCU, and you got uh, – uh, the kid out of Ohio yeah, State, Smith, Smith uh, Majuba. Oh, is that how you pronounce? Is that how we're not? Is that how we're going to pronounce? I'm going to tell you, but it's not going to matter. You're going to keep getting it wrong the entire. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's true. How about yeah. Smith? We'll yeah. call him Smith. Yeah. Okay, that, that way, I can't get that one wrong. Um, they're also different guys. Um, uh, if you if you think if you think and you trust and we believe what we saw with Bateman before the injury and we believe that he can stay healthy. I kind of like the Addison angle because he can be more of the slot guy and things like that. Um, you can move him around. The thing we don't know, and, and this is all this is all going to be based on who the offensive coordinator is and what kind of offense are they going to run. Um, you know, if they're going to run this still run-heavy um, 1950s type offense, then maybe Quinn Johnson's the right guy because he's the big body guy uh, that can only line up on the outside and that helps them more. Um, but if they're going to go to a more modern RPO, uh, utilize your athletes, um, I, I like I like Addison or, or Smith a little bit better. Okay, 
All right. I am. I, look, what I'm worried about is that they all three, like, for example, we talked to Vinny Iyer yesterday, and he had all three of them off the board at that point and said, go Kayshawn Booty. And I like Kayshawn Booty, but not like I like those three guys, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I guess if you're, you're looking a little bit, I mean, I, I, yes, I like, I like booty. I, I don't think. Please isolate. I, Hang I, on. Stop. Please isolate. And please make sure that we have available to me in a soundboard. Hour 25. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Okay. But, but not at 22 or 21, by the whatever way, the pick let's is. Let's make it very clear. Who doesn't? Like, let's make yeah, it yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know, but, so, but, but not at, not at 22. I, I, I don't, I don't think he's a first round guy. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I have to, I have to spend some more time with it. I, I don't, I don't like him like I like the other three guys, but I, I don't know yet how I feel about that. And it's worth pointing out that a few of the, like Christian Watson wasn't a first round guy. How'd that work out? You know, like George, George, well, George yeah, that's Pickens, true. I mean, George Pickens I, wasn't I think, a first round guy. How you feel about him? I, 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 the, the guy that I like is the kid out of Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. Okay. And I think he's like that in between guy. I mean, he's not, he's not six, two, but he's not five, seven, you know, I mean, he's somewhere. We'll see where he measures. I mean, they list him at five eleven, one eighty five, one ninety. We'll see what he measures and, and things like that. But, um, I like his game a lot and I think he can do multiple things. I just, and I've said this for years and they've never done it. They just need speed. They just need speed. I mean, they, they need, they need their Devonta Smith. You know, they, they, that's who they need. They need that. They need their, their just speedster that knows how to run around and they don't have that guy or, or Duvernay wasn't, they don't use them that way. And that, that's the key to all this is like, how are they going to use these guys and what is the room going to look like? And the fact that they don't have the second round pick is, you know, best player available. What if the best player available isn't a wide receiver there? Are they really going to wait till the third round for a wide receiver again? I don't like the thought of that. I don't know. I don't like the thought yeah, of that. Yeah. It's just a, it, it's a tough spot because we've never gone. I, I don't, Glenn, you'll have to remind me. We we've been doing this a long time. I don't ever remember them going in with five picks and nothing no. in the second round. No, no, like no. ever. Correct. So it's it's a it's a tricky thing. I mean, one, you know, th- throw away anything after after the fifth round. I mean, it, whatever they are, what they are, and you hope they're they're good. But the you got three picks. I mean, you got the first, the third, and the and the fourth, and you got some holes. I don't know how much money they're going to have because of the whole Lamar thing to to go out and like. How do, how do you go out and get a Hopkins? I mean, you're going to have to give up one of those picks, and you're going to have to figure out how to pay him. I don't know if you can figure out how to pay him if you're going to franchise in, Jackson and pay in, him $45 million. Unless you're willing to do something crazy about Hopkins and, like, swap a first-rounder for a second-rounder, something like that. Like, unless you're... Yeah, something... Yeah, I, to, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but... Uh, I I saw I saw some crazy mocks out there already, and I think if you're if you're mocking at this point and you're not giving the Ravens the top wide receiver on the board, you're just not doing it properly. It feels like that. I, I don't care who's out. on the board at that I'm point. Uh, you're just not. You're just you're just throwing stuff up and um, shame on the on the guy. And I'm not even going to give him any press. And and I. I Shame on them for giving the Ravens a quarterback at twenty two. No, I don't. I don't care if you believe one. they're good. He's not the only I, one. I know, but I, I don't care. I, at this point, 
you're just you're not i'm sorry i I know these guys are famous and they're really good at it and they're on tv all the time but you're just going for clickbait at that point if you're if you're actually putting a quarterback to the ravens at 22 whether they trade lamar or not yeah, if they I trade Lamar, they better be doing better than twenty three for their their quarterback. Like if, right, if they right. trade yeah, Lamar, they trade they Lamar be him, you're taking yes. a quarterback in the top ten. Correct. That's that's the so only... so so putting a straight mock draft together and saying, well, at twenty two, Anthony Richardson's going to be there. What? Right. Correct. Come on. All right. Come on. God, is, what are we doing? At fans... let's 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 pretend we're doing stuff. I'm, right. I'm with you. At fans fantasy on Twitter is of course how you follow. Him. We will talk again in a couple of weeks and make some Super Bowl picks. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk then. All right. Take care, man. It's Ken Zalis with us here on GCR. Again, you want to win some money betting on championship weekend. There's a bunch of different ways for you to go about doing it at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers. And that includes this offer from BetMGM. You bet $10, you automatically get $200 in additional free bets. Get that promo and more. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Over two thousand dollars worth of offers available from all of maryland's mobile sports books when we come back in our buddy uh, rdt eric arditi from barstool sports is going to check in and then we'll get some fighting words that's all on the way glenn clark radio gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of Issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, 
Lake with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. I mentioned earlier the UMBC women won on a buzzer beater last night. You want to check out the Lady Retrievers this Saturday as they take on Vermont. And the UMBC men are back home next Wednesday against Binghamton. You can get your tickets for both games by going to UMBCRetrievers.com. Experience game day at the peak. Again, UMBCRetrievers.com. Uh, we had Trey Mancini on earlier, and it is Mo Gabba's 17th birthday. And I'm um, you know, just reflecting and thinking about Mo and got this incredible message from our buddy Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. I had not seen this before. Clearly, Trey had not seen it before. Um, really blew me away, this picture of this baseball card that includes the patch from uh, Trey's jersey that just so happens to be the M.O. from Baltimore. And so it says Mo. It's, it's really surreal. Uh, our buddy from Barstool Sports, uh, the Exit 52 podcast, he is our friend Eric Arditi, and he's with us this morning here on GCR. What's going on, man? How are you? Not much, not much. Um, good, good. Again, I, I came across that. I think the guy tweeted, and i got to give him credit. His, his Twitter account is at birdforlife49. Um, you know, I think he just tweeted the card underneath the Orioles' birthday wish form. For, for Mo and I was just like, oh my god, it's like un- it's unreal. This is unbelievable. I I DM'd him immediately. I, I sent it to Sanzi. I sent it to Trey, and it's funny. So now the guy goes, you know, this is one for my collection. I've never wanted to sell anything, but if Trey wants it or or if Mo's mom wants it, I'd be glad to give it to him. Wow. So I'm trying to work on a trade to to acquire said card and and get it into the hands of Sanzi. So that, I think I think that that's is, a pretty that is pretty so, neat move it's by so him. cool. It's so so cool, man. Like I it it gave me goosebumps. I don't know if you heard like I don't know if you were able to listen this morning when we had him on, but like dude, I, you know, I you and I have had this conversation. You know, I'm not a very religious person, but I've I've felt some things um over the years when it comes to Mo and we had been talking with Trey for weeks about when he was going to come on because we haven't had him on since he won the world series. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he and Sarah got married and he just kind of wanted to, you know, do that. And then the holidays hit. And then I took my family to Disney world. And it just so happened to be that earlier this week, Griffin was like, Hey, I talked to Trey. He wants to come on on Thursday. And at, I didn't even think about it. Right. Like I didn't even do the math in my head until literally last night where I was like, Oh my God. Like, oh, my God, we're talking to Trey on Mo's birthday. And it just feels like one more reminder of Mo's presence that, like, this utterly happenstance thing otherwise maybe isn't so happenstance that it worked out that today was the day we were going to talk to Trey. There's just way too many things that connect for it to just be like, oh, it's just a coincidence. Oh, right? it's just a coincidence. Oh, Trey just happens to hit a ball off Lowe's face. <laughs> Right. And scoring inside the park home run and right. his last at bat on Mo Gavaday. Like, right. yeah, you know, that's just, it's just, there's too much stuff. There, there's way too much stuff that lines up. And again, with this one, too, like the guy being like, yeah, I bought the card last night, you know. And then again, Trey's on today. It's his birthday. It's just, I, I'm with you, you know, I don't know what I believe in or what I think is up there, but there, 
there's something. There's yeah. definitely something. I think we can agree on that. Dude, it's really hard to ignore it. It's really hard to pretend like all of it doesn't exist. Um, brother, I know, you know, your relationship with Mo and how close the two of you became, um, you know, when you get to a day like today, I know we spent uh, last year, we spent it together, right? We spent Mo's birthday together and, mm-hmm. and, and we try to, to talk about Mo. It's the thing when you lose somebody, you do everything in your power. The, the, the thing that makes you feel the best is just thinking about and being around other people that love the person. When you get to a day like today, what, what goes through your mind? Where, where are you emotionally when, oh, right, yeah, we're, we're back and it's Mo's birthday again? Kind of what you were saying earlier, you know, like I, I, w- I wish, you know, obviously we wish he was still here, you know, seeing what he would have done. Like I, I remember tweeting last year, I think in the middle of the, you know, the 10 game win streak being like, I would have loved to have heard, you know, what, what, what Mo thought about this, you know, the, the team playing well. Cause like, you know, I mean, he would have been the loudest voice. He would have been the biggest, the biggest fan. Um, so, you know, I mean, I catch myself doing that stuff every now and then, and, you know, I'll, I'll go to the cemetery, you know, every, every couple weeks and, stop by but you know again if you that cut if you know what what would he be doing in high school you know he'd be getting ready for college he'd be applying to colleges and stuff like that you know he'd which be, you know he, he, shows uh, you it's it, it, it's you know what i said earlier is like uh, as much as he had impacted us already like now imagine him a few years down the road even smarter than he already was right like even mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. experienced than he already was this was someone who had utterly changed the world and never stepped foot in high school, right? Like, imagine what type of impact he was going to have. And, and that's the part that's frustrating because then then you think about how much we've lost because Mo, as an adult, with his spirit and knowledge and everything, I mean, legitimately could have ended up being a Nobel Peace Prize winner. And I'm not, I'm not even being... Like, that's... I'm not even just saying that. Like, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that you know, with more education and more experience, that's the legitimate type of impact he could have ended up having on this world. Yeah. No, again, I mean, I, I, I echo all of that. It's, you know, like you said, how special and smart he was as, as a teenager, you know, as, as a young teenager, it's like, man, I mean, I think of, of myself as, as someone, you know, and I'm, I don't, I don't consider myself a smart person at all, but, you know, thinking of, of how you just mature and, and the things that you kind of grasp, in that, you know, getting into high school and, and moving through high school, it's like, man, you know, I, I would have loved to just sit there and, and pick this brain, you know, as a high school sophomore, junior, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it stinks because, you know, I mean, obviously, again, we will never know and we, we all miss him terribly. And, you know, it, it is it is funny because, you know, again, I kind of woke up and I think I saw yesterday something that it was his birthday. So I kind of knew that it was coming. But then this morning I get on Facebook and I see all the reminders and I, you know, everything from last year and WBAL is tweeting out pictures and, you know, I, I have, you know, one of the Moe's rows cutouts in my basement and, you know, my daughter always points to it and she asks about the bobbleheads and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm just, I, I'm still, and, and again, you know me, I'm not a Ravens fan, but I think them keeping alive the tradition of doing the Mo in the end zone is just awesome. I, I was really worried that that was going to be like a one year thing. And then, it would just, ah, you know, no, we'll, we'll go back to the normal. Like, the fact that they've held that up is great. And again, the fact that this day doesn't go by and it's like 1130 at night and people are like, oh, that's right, it's Mo's birthday. Like, I love that from the, from 6 a.m. when I was up. That's all I was seeing online. So it's, that just, again, speaks to the legacy, you know, his memory and, and 
you know, everything that that kid touched. Yeah, you know, and it, I think it also speaks. Eric Arditi is with us, of course. Barstool RDT. I we talk about the I, the word obligation, right? And and I and I brought it up earlier. We you know at Pressbox we decided in part because we were never going to have a sports person of the year that was ever going to be anything like the year that it was Mo. But also in large part because, you know, I'm, I've got a, a young man, Charles, who's interning for us this semester who's not from here, and he just doesn't know Mo's story. And that was kind of the point. Like, we wanted to rename Sports Person of the Year after Mo because we want people to pick up the issue and see Adley Rutschman on the cover and somebody say, Mo Gabba, Sports Person of the Year. What's that all about? Because it's going to happen, right? Like, as much as he is a ubiquitous part of our lives for all people in our city— as the years go by, there will be more and more people that will say, I don't know who that is. I don't know that story. And we all kind of have this responsibility. And I'm sure it happens with you regularly where, you know, you post something on Twitter about Mo and you get somebody back like, who's that? And and you you want them to know. You desperately want everyone to know the story of this most remarkable young man. Oh, for sure. And, and that's what I mean. You know, I have that, that blog that I wrote after his parade. You know, that's still my pinned tweet on my Twitter. Yep. And, and I love, you know, I'll get maybe, maybe once a month, once every six weeks or something, I'll get a DM from someone who doesn't follow me, who doesn't, lives in Arizona or something. And they're like, hey, you know, randomly ended up on your page, you know, had heard the name Mogaba, couldn't remember where I knew it from, saw it on your Twitter, and I clicked on your blog and read it, and it was great. And, you know, what a great kid and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the stuff that I love is, is, you know, you may have heard the name or, cause again, like you said, not everyone, it's, it's kind of a very local story. Obviously he had his pieces on NFL network and I think ESPN, you know, that morning countdown, but you know, again, people, people not from here may not be aware. And, and it's, it's kind of a blessing because again, it, it helps keep his story alive. I, you know, you, we can retell the story of us at Chick-fil-A with the Bozeman forever and ever. And, and, you know, we can, I, you know, I mean, I, I can tell people stories until I'm blue in the face of, uh, you know, me playing video games with them or going to visit him in the hospital. So it, it is, it is interesting. Cause like you said, you know, people who may not be from around here may not, they may know a little bit, but they, they, they don't, they're, they they do not know the whole story. And that's why, I mean, I have no problem, you know, filling anyone in on, on the story or letting them know, you know, stuff we did. And again, I, 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 I it's, something that i enjoy because like i was saying earlier it just helps keep his legacy and his the memory of mo alive oh man i when, when uh, i don't know if everybody knows but bradley and nikki just had their son this week and when they were sharing pictures all i could think about was like yeah there are no two humans that i think are more prepared to be parents like they were way more prepared than i was to be a parent because i got to see them and i know i know that they are ready for it man um all right, so let me let me try because I'm getting emotional. Let me try because I'm starting to tear up a little bit. Let me uh, let me switch gears uh, with you. Um, I just got a text this morning from my wife. It says, "Your our five year old's teacher wants to meet with us." Oh. And I have more anxiety than I ever did when I was called to the principal's office. Like, <laughs> as a fellow parent, how nervous would you be? about getting that type of text? Um, well, again, if it's if he's anything like how I was at that age or yeah. how I assume you were, yeah. you know, it's kind of, hey, he put gum in, in, in someone's hair or he did this or, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like, you know, I mean, I have a girl, so, uh, you know, I kind of, and, and with my wife working in schools, it's like, 
and with you know, I would just be like, oh, it's a good thing. But I feel like with yeah. a guy, with a boy, it's yeah. like, oh no, like, Eric, all right, Eric, what did he, what did he flush down the toilet? What, what, what is flooded in the school Eric, now? I, I've told this story a couple times, but I a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting on my phone, and I was, I think I, I don't know what I was doing, but I swear to Christ, the five-year-old looks at me and says the following sentence. Ask Siri to show us pictures of cute, skinny girls in their underwear. <laughs> oh, in their bras and underwear. Sorry, in their bras and underwear. Well, at he's, least he's respectful. He's five. Yeah, he's he's, I mean, five. again, he could have been asking for a lot worse. I'll I, tell you that. I understand that. And clearly, I fist-pumped him. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, like, it's very specific. <laughs> and leaves me... A little bit worried about. Kid knows what he likes. I mean, Kid look, knows man, what he likes. I understand that, but it just leaves me very paranoid. We have a four o'clock meeting today with his teacher, and I am telling you, bro, I am way more apprehensive about it. Like the anxiety that I would feel on a Sunday growing up when I realized that, like, I had played video games all weekend and not done any of my homework. The anxiety that I felt then does not compare to the anxiety that I feel in this moment. Like I yeah, am petrified yeah. of this four o'clock meeting. Petrified. Ah! Well, as like the the good thing is at least it wasn't an immediate like, hey, call me right now. Like, okay, yeah, you know, all right. oh, there is that. Okay, there is that. It wasn't like he's being kicked out of school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess we do have that going for us. Um, you expecting there to be anything else that happens? Any moves between now, or is th- this is the baseball team? This is what it is. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I know it happened when we were on the phone, but big news with the Orioles just now. Oh, um, let me pull it up. Oh, they know. agreed to terms with, uh, Austin Voth on a one-year contract Hell to avoid yeah. arbitration. Hell so there we go. Yeah. There we, that's the, yeah. There we go. We got that going. Print your, print your tickets, get your, get the banners ready. You I, know, I'm, we'll in be this, I'm in this, I'm in this weird street. place where like in a vacuum, I'm not, like, I understand everyone's dejection. I understand everyone's disappointment. And I understand that everybody was measuring against the idea of liftoff. Like, I, I get it. At the same time, I I also understand that if there's going to be a liftoff at some point, I don't think it's crazy for them to say, hey, we'd like to look at some of these guys for one more year to figure out exactly who is a part of this, right? Like, I think we all mm-hmm. are kind of feeling a certain way. Like, we all think that Ryan Mountcastle might be an answer, but we all still have a couple of questions about that. I have no idea how we feel about Austin Hayes, for example, at this point. I don't know how we feel about Jorge Mateo. But, like, I I get the idea of, hey, maybe we drag this out one more year with some of these guys, and then at the end of the year we'll have a better picture of who really is a part of this and who maybe really isn't necessarily a part of the core group for trying to go compete to win a title. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I mean, we've seen these kind of one-year wonders before, and not not saying Mateo or any of those guys are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got I have no problem with them kind of again waiting it out a little bit. I I definitely understood where people were coming from when they were frustrated because, I mean, when I heard the comments, I'm sure you had the same thing, being like, "Oh, nice, this offseason. I mean, they're going to open up the checkbook." Right. And then you kind of realize Michael Elias is spending someone else's money, and it's easy to say stuff, but. If I'm at the mall and I'm I'm 10 years old, I can say I want anything I want, you know, but I'm not paying for it. Someone else is paying for it. So when it's not your money, it's, you know, you, you're you're limited. And, and obviously, you know, 
the lawsuit has I, I have no doubt the lawsuit between the brothers has something to do with that. So it, it's a very sticky situation. I get what Elias was trying to do. Should he have said it the way he said it? Probably not. I think if he wishes he could go back in time and, and you know, not proclaim liftoff, then I think he probably would. Um, you know, again, I think he just, if he could have chosen his words careful, more a little more carefully, people wouldn't have been so up in arms. But, you know, I mean, I'm still, I, I don't think they're done making moves. Obviously, we've, we see moves in spring training all the time and, and you know, injuries happen and, and guys, guys just get traded. So who knows? Um, and then again, there's a, there's a whole lot. I mean, they can make trades in the season. Like we've seen this stuff happen. Like I'm not, you know, it's not, they're not tied into Austin Hayes being their left fielder of the future and stuff like that. Like I think, I think that they are going to make some more moves. You know, I would love to see another veteran pitcher come in and, and then them really kind of set that rotation. But again, we're also, I mean, I'm so excited for Grayson and DL and, and, and more of those guys. So I'm in agreement. I, I get, again, I, Get why people are mad or were mad, you know, upset. It seems like it's kind of died down. To the point of what you said, I am apprehensive about whether or not there will, like, I can say, hey, I can, I can get buying in for another year. But is all that stuff going to be settled a year from now? Like, that's the part. That's the part that to me is more concerning because I can justify this off season, but next off season is the answer just going to be? And as we clamor for them to try to buy out arbitration years of Adley Rutschman or Gunnar Henderson, are we? Is there just never going to be a time where that's settled and they're going to be able to spend money? And at the moment, I can't say with certainty that there will be. And that, to me, is the more it more than this offseason. The bigger concern I have is what the hell is the timetable for all of this getting sorted out and then being in a place where they're willing to spend money? And I genuinely have no idea. And and that's why I'm kind of hoping because that you know again I, I wrote it the other day where I'm like. I hate that this is all coming out. This seems very Redskins, Commanders, football team-ish. Every week, it's something is getting leaked from this lawsuit. And it's like, this sucks. Like, this is a bad look. So I'm, but now I'm kind of hoping maybe it gets so bad and so embarrassing that MLB steps in and is like, all right, listen, here's what's going to happen. You know, I, you know we're, we're going to basically force you guys to sell, which I think would be the best case. Oh, you know, oh, again, no much, much like the team, you know, in D.C. It's like just. I kind of hope it gets so embarrassing that, that it all goes away. Um, but then I also hope that, you know, the team keeps winning and because and, winning cures all and we just kind of stop hearing about it. But I'm with you because it's something we have to worry about. Like if this drags on it's for another year, I mean, a live contract may be up this year. So it's like I know the Astros are kind of looking for a GM. Uh, uh, <laughs> we sure hate for that to happen. But Thank you for nothing. I don't know. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. At E-D-D-I-T-T-I-22 E-D-I-T-T-I on Twitter, Barstool, and, of course, the Exit 52 podcast. Uh, love you, brother. Always appreciate you. Thanks for sending me that this morning. It uh, it did a lot for me. Really appreciate you doing this. <laughs> and and shout-out to your producers for making making sure it got on because I was like, I'm typing in the chat. I'm like, check your phone, check your phone. I got to get this to you. So I saw him hold up the sign, and I was like, all right, I think we're good now. I well, think we're good there. Well so done, man. I'm, I'm happy you, we were able to pass that along. So Thank, thanks for having me on, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Eric Arditi, Barstool Sports, of course, with us here on uh, GCR. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Are we all right? What the, what yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the plug into the phone fell through the back. Oh, no. Yeah.
Oh no! It's okay. we, All we can, the we time. Can get it up. Well, we can yeah, get it we can figure it out. Yeah. We don't have any more phones today. <laughs> well, it's that time. Oh, we should uh, work on an open for this, Griffin. Before you leave, I'm going to okay. put you in charge of trying to work on an open for this. All right. You can have Jeremy will help somebody. You know, you can do whatever like you a, need. Okay. Maybe a little uh, gonna fly like now a, or something like that. And like, like I would a, like I would like an open. Like a ring bell. Like a yeah, something ding like ding. that. Anything at all. Yeah. We need something to be an open for our new segment, which is fighting words. Charles, I by the way, I was playing around with uh, uh, Prince Charles. Of course, he's now King Charles, though. But I don't want to. I can't make Charles King Charles. <laughs> that doesn't work, right? Like you can't be the king of somebody else's show. Like it doesn't work that way. But yeah, I, w- I wouldn't like that anyway. But what about Prince Charles? How do you feel about Prince Charles? That's fair enough. All right, we might work. That's what we might, come up we with. might work with that. I don't. I don't have a good one. Yeah, Charles, Charles is not impressed. <laughs> I don't. I. I, I Look, I will solicit ideas. If you guys have an idea, again. no, I mean that's fine because like people always like ask me like, "Do you like your name?" I'm like, well, "It's very old English." Like, it is very old English, isn't it? It's yeah. very old English. It's Charles Greer is his full name, and I was playing around with Rosie Greer, and I was playing around with Rusty Greer, and I was playing, but like none of them really, none of them fit for me. God, why couldn't Carson Weekly was so easy? <laughs> it was the easiest nickname in the history. We never really committed to any of the nicknames for Micah, did we? We really well, just sort of well, like Michael the Mike, MC, yeah, Ernest, MC Ernest, and Ernest, Ernest goes, goes to, to work. work. Like we, <laughs> we were all over the place. Every time Micah he came in, I was just like, you know, MC Mike is here, and that's and sort of the way that I feel about it. I feel like it's either nat, like Carson Weekly was mm. so natural, of course, because Carson Daly famously is the talk show uh, Barmageddon. My God, it always comes <laughs> back to Barmageddon. Barmageddon. What is that? Uh, so Car- Carson Daly was so obvious, and as you remember, Carson was coming in once a week over the summer. So, Jesus Christ, did it just <laughs> fall into His our name lap? They started with W. Right. Yeah, yeah, Carson Weekly was an obvious one. But they're not always – I don't remember how we came up with Papa Cass for Cassidy Butler. <laughs> oh, it was because she told me that in her – because I guess she probably lives with other athletes at Stevenson – that like in her apartment or whatever, she was like, I kind of feel like I'm the house dad sometimes. And I was like, "Welp, look, look at God. Look at how this just played out." Because of course, there's Mama Cass, but we it was from Baltimore, and we said Papa Cass. Like this just makes all the sense in the world. So that one was easy too. I just haven't had an easy one that's come to me. So we might just end up doing all of them. It might be that one day you're Rosie, one day you're you know Prince Charles. I don't know. That might be the way that it goes. Fair enough. But we're Chuck. working with it. Just call Ch- him Chuck. Oh, Chuck. Yeah, just call him Chuck. Chuck. <sighs> I was hoping it would get like to that. Chuck? No. So that's like a that's like a nickname that like all high school just coaches in general just uh, automatically sure. defer to. So it's like I never really yeah. understood how Charles's became Chuck either. Like when when was the first example of that? Like you know. get how a Jonathan ends up being John, right? Like that makes sense. But why were Charles all Chuck? Can't tell you. I don't get it. I haven't. I haven't tried to find it. Sh- shorter either. syllable. I don't, know. I don't understand. You don't want to call him Char. I, I just. But what? But again, Charlie. You gave him a completely different name instead. Yeah. It's not similar. I mean, it got the first two letters, but like, my God, I don't get it. All right, never Chuck. mind. Point is, we're doing fighting wars. Chuck Greer. So the idea of this segment is that Charles is going to get us caught up on things going on in the world of fighting, whether it's UFC, boxing, Bellator, anything like that. Big stories. There have been a lot of big stories in the last couple of weeks. I don't know how you limited it to three, but give us the biggest stories that you've got for this a lot, week. I, a lot of stories indeed. Um, uh, we kind of have a break coming up this week, so I'll just recap. This past week, uh, UFC was in uh, Rio de, de Janeiro. 
Junacy Arena, the main event was a uh, new crown, um, Jamal Hill, Sweet Dreams. Um, that kind of goes down the first. Beat Glover Teixeira. Beat yes. Glover Teixeira, fifth round. It, pr- it wasn't really close. Most of the cards was 50 44. Of course, famously, sure. uh, Teixeira was. You know the relevance for Teixeira in Baltimore? Royal Farms Arena. He, I can't, John he Jones, was in right? the main event of Bones the only Jones UFC fight in ever yep. in Baltimore. He fought John Jones in the main mm-hmm. event of that pay. They got to come yeah. back here. They, I believe so as well. I think they're, they're very it's, good there's fans not, here. There's yeah. not the same obvious connection. Like at the time, I don't remember if Art was still on the team or he had just left, mm. right? Like, oh, that was the big reason. But that was the, the big time. reason okay. for having the, the fight in Baltimore was the connection. John Jones was here all the time. Like he That's was right, yeah. a regular. I used to. I mean, he used to come in and kick me, kick me in the shins and stuff. And like he was here constantly, so it made it was like a second hometown. Like his home. Let me go back. They're from New York, but his home at the time was in New Mexico and probably still is, I assume. Um, but John basically was here as often as he was anywhere else. Like he was here all the time. So it was totally logical to do a fight in Baltimore. Yeah, of course. Art's been gone for so long at this point that there's just not like I don't know when the last time was that John was in Baltimore. So I don't know that there's a logical thing there. It would just be doing a fight here. Like I don't know it, even with John being back and you said we'll get yeah. to that. I don't know if it's a John fight or if it's just trying to get any marquee fight because the arena has been remodeled and you So I mean it. we could jump ahead right to that. Now go ahead. Um, go ahead. Finish the, the anything else we need to know from uh, Jamal Hill yeah. one. Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno, Assassin Baby, uh one his the first promotions quadrilogy. Everybody against, was uh, everybody Figueredo. was was tweeting me about Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns uh, beat uh, Neil Magny. Um, I didn't include that just because you know Gilbert Burns is kind of more of a, a MMA fans kind of a cup of tea. Okay. Uh, he's a grappler, jujitsu, but uh, a couple other things that happened on the card. Large underdog brothers, uh, the Bomfi oh, yeah. brothers. Bomfine they brothers. both uh, fought on the card. Um, nobody knows like about them, but it's very cool to have exciting your brother fighting with okay. you on the card. All right. um, All right. They're both underdogs, as well as a guy named Bruno Ferreira. Spoiled uh, a lot of combat gamblers' weekends. Um, he beat. Make Gregory. sure you got to make sure you're talking into the microphone. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, Greg Rodriguez. Bruno Ferreira. He beat uh, Gregory uh, Rodriguez, and a little tidbit about him: um, his UFC name is uh, RoboCop. So he's Gregory Robocop rivalry. I do like that. But um, so the UFC fans and like the community, they call him Violent Obama because he looks like Barack Obama. <laughs> he does. I, I I've never even heard <laughs> right. that. But he does look. Okay. He looks All like right. Barack. I'm in on it. I'm in on it. I so that goes into the first question I got down. Uh, what's your guy's favorite ring slash stage name in combat sports or entertainment wrestling? I, I don't know. To add the I entertainment don't, wrestling. I don't know. Well. But I, but we got too many good stories this week to waste time on. Yeah. That. So let's go to the next story. All right. So the next story. Um. Last night on TBS, a uh, second episode of Dana White's Power Slap League aired. <laughs> go but ahead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I've already shared my thought. I'll say it again, but go ahead. But, yeah, so yesterday the show was called uh, Slap Off Elimination Slap Day, off. and it kind of continued the trend of uh, uh, finding out who will Where? advance in the competition and who will be allowed into the house. Where do you watch this? Uh, it's on TBS. It's uh, on it was TBS. at TPS, 10 p.m. Uh, last night, so I – Ran back over to the dorm after the women's basketball game and caught some power slapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the ridiculousness is real. I'm being honest. Like, uh, they refer to the the slap competitions as competitions in themselves. That's kind of, I think, crazy. They, they're, like, referring to competitions as fights. And uh, they also have coaches as well. So very much like tough. They have two teams, uh, two coaches. They will fight for the heavyweight championship at the end. 
Um, and I guess there will also be a light heavyweight champion because that's one division. And then I can't remember the other. I think welterweight. Do we know any like the sl- like how do these people get in the slap boxing? All right, so They're, like none of them are relevant. A lot of like, these guys, people. based off the bios, it was a uh, year or two. Uh, they were saying I've done it for a year or two. I'm undefeated. Um, and it's just hilarious. There's a bunch of rules. You can't step. Uh, you can only pivot after the follow through the slap. Uh, you have to like hold this bar behind your back. It's <laughs> it's a uh, it's a trip for sure. And um, there was a definitely a push for the series to be mixed um, after uh, all the controversy that he went through. So there's um, a, so that that's there's a couple of things here, right? Like I wish I could just think that it was silly and fun. Like I wish I could do that because I think at a younger age I probably would have. But one, it's really embarrassing on TBS's part that like their decision was they were going to push it back for one week. I mean, what even is that? Like, do, yeah, do a, e- like a season, a couple months. E- either months. either you think that somebody needs to be punished or you don't, right? Like to say we're gonna wait a week is it's just embarrassing for TBS to for to be like at that point just don't do anything, just sort of acknowledge we don't care that Dana White slapped his wife. And I'm even willing to go down the road of there's a little bit of gray area there. It's still there's no defense of Dan, what Dana White did. Now, I get it. The she slapped him. Whatever you want to say, like say whatever you want to say. There's no actual defense of it. What should the punishment be? You know, his argument is I got embarrassed in the court of public opinion. Wanking motion, dude. Like stop. That's nothing. And there should be a parent company. And there should be somebody who steps in and says, no, 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 no. We have to make a stronger statement than this. We have to do something. And it makes you realize it's kind of a Mickey Mouse company. And the WWE is going through the same thing with Vince McMahon where they were like, dude, you got to get out. And then all of a sudden they woke up one day and were like, right, but he can just force his way back in because we don't have anything in place. We're a Mickey Mouse company. He is the company. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to have a structure in place as a company that one person doesn't get to govern the entirety of the company no matter what's going on. There has to be a board that has actual power and can step in and say, yo, no. Like, time out. This ain't all right. That being said, if you're TBS and you're not actually going to do anything, what the hell is the point of even bumping it back for a week? Like, I mean, my God. Like, it's just embarrassing. But yeah, so I'll say I'll say it really showed um, kind of what you're saying, the pushback to it. Um, that first week, it was the second episode last night, but that first week brought in less than 300,000 viewers and had a 0.10 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic um, for the premiere show. And going down the rumor mill, um, they ha- people have gotten contact with fighters that were on that first right. episode and apparently they, they next to nothing. 2,000 a show, 2,000 yes. a win. Um, it's 4,000 total. It's, this is, we should be at a place. I've talked about this a lot, and I know it's very old man yells at cloud when I talk about it. And I'd rather be funny and rather, say however you want to feel about it. We stop caring about what's good, what's bad, and it's just what gets attention, right? Like there is no more, like this person's a good person, this person's a bad person. It's just that they're famous. Like we really aren't that far away from O.J. Simpson being on Dancing with the Stars, right? Like, we're just not as a society. I, I know we laugh about that, but we're not that far. We don't care whether you've done good things, whether you've done bad things. Are you famous at the end is all we care about. I just thought of him as Pat Mahomes for Halloween as soon as you said that. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, it's O.J. Mahomes here. He was, yeah, O.J. Mahomes. He was Pat he Mahomes for Halloween Jesus one year. Christ. He does all those videos. <laughs> yeah. But like that's another thing. We just follow him on Twitter, right? Because we're like, well, he's out there. Why shouldn't we follow? 
Because you just don't. Because you as a human should say, I don't need O.J. Simpson in my life. And I'm not singularing out O.J. Simpson. There's plenty of people like this. But, like, at some point, it should matter. Good, bad, anything like that. We, sh- we should care. But we don't. It's just famous. That's it. All we have is famous. Are you... F- I had somebody come up to me and say, I'm organizing a private uh, signing with O.J. Simpson. And I was like, you're telling that to me like you think you accomplished something. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed that you're doing that. And the response is, well, it's going to make a lot of money. And we're a business. We need to make a lot of money. Everybody involved with this should be ashamed of this. At some point, someone should have stepped in. And yes, it required me seeing the thing from Chris Nowinski, admittedly. Beforehand, I was just like, oh, this is dumb, right? Like, I was never going to watch it, but I wasn't bothered by it. It was just dumb. It took Chris Nowinski sharing the video of the dude very clearly looking like Tua Tungavailoa after he got knocked out, putting up the fencing posture and saying, this is so sad. Note the fencing posture with the first brain injury. He may never be the same. Dana White and TBS Network should be ashamed. Pure exploitation. What's next? Who can survive a stabbing? And he's right. This is exploitation. This is the lowest of the low. Fighting is a real sport. You defend yourself. This isn't a sport. There is no competition here. You stand there and you get knocked out. Whose brain shuts off first? Correct. That ain't a sport. It's exploitation is all it is. And everyone involved should be embarrassed. Now, I think we're obviously at the point where we realize Dana White is not a human that is capable of feeling shame. However you feel about Dana White, obviously he was instrumental in the launch of the UFC. I'm not trying to... He, uh, There are a lot of other bad things about Dana White where he thinks he is the UFC when the truth is the fighters are the UFC. And this is an eternal problem. That It's the reason why I'm, I'm guessing Francis Ngannou might come up. Like, it's the reason why Francis Ngannou isn't going to be fighting anymore. Because he believes he's the UFC. Whereas the fighters are the ones that we want to watch. And the UFC would be just fine without Dana White. But he has convinced himself he is the UFC. He's the carnival barker. Without, he, he, he's Don King. Without me, there's nothing here. I don't give a rat's ass. And I don't hate Dana White, I guess. I don't, why would I hate Dana White? But I dislike him more than I like him at this point. Because this is nonsense. The fighters, they're the ones... Not you. You can go away forever. Imagine every time we see any commissioner of any professional sports league, what does everyone do? Boo. Boo. But yet somehow we've convinced ourselves that Dana White is some hero. Not us, but a lot of fight fans. It's insane. This is a joke. This is, I mean, honest to God, like, even backyard brawls, even like the real like exploitative era of fight videos, was at least two dudes fighting. Kimbo Slice walks into an alley for a street fight. The other guy's fighting. This isn't that. There is a difference. This is a dude standing there getting knocked out. Not okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No. I'm sorry. No, it makes this it really sad, especially because I... It's funny. They didn't mention it, but I recognize one of the the guys that's in the house 
he was on a season of Tough, I want to say, either last season or the season before. Tough being the ultimate fighter. The ultimate fighter, yes. And So that means he's an actual fighter. Right. So he is likely to win this comp- competition because he's been hit in the face with closed fists. Now he's getting slapped. And I get and it. now like, he gets to openly slap people when he like, knows how to strike. To the point, you're going to get hit in the face when, you ha- when you're in a real fight, but you have the opportunity to defend yourself. Like There is the opportunity for you to step in, and it is an actual fight. I am not opposed to all fighting going away. I don't have a problem. Fighting is a sport. I understand that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Very sorry. No, so that answers the question that I had with it. Um, Will this venture by Dana White survive poor ratings? No. Nope. No, it's not going to survive anything. I don't think think it even gets a second To some extent. It's not going to survive on TBS. Could he prop it up on whatever the UFC thing is so now? I think the just plan try to is, keep going, keep yeah, it going. TBS now, and hope the hope was blow it up and then probably put it on Fight Pass and yeah, get like, some money off like it. But. Undoubtedly, he will try to bleed everything that he can out of it. But at some point, you know, Warner's going to have to step in, and with more pressure, they're going to have to say, "Dude, it ain't worth it. Sorry, we we can't. It's just not worth it to us any longer." Like they're going to be forced, and it's really embarrassing that they haven't done it yet like that that's a major company that's not a mickey mouse company i didn't think like that's warner brothers that we're talking about at some point somebody has to step in and be like yeah we gotta do something about this so no they they, they can't survive that but yes he can bleed everything out of it they can possibly bleed out of it and there's always going to be someone who is going to be willing for money to let you ruin their brain like there will always be somebody willing to do that all right you got one more Yep, so coming full circle for the preview, John Bones Jones is back, coming March 4th, T-Mobile got leaked. When was the last time we saw John Jones? 2019, I want to say. Jesus Christ. Was it the Dominic Reyes? Dominic Reyes or Tiago Santos? I think it was was Dominic Dominic Reyes. Reyes. That was like February 2020, yeah. So John Jones is gonna. It's Cyril. Cyril. Cyril Gon. Yes. Yep. So Cyril he Gaan. will be fighting Cyril Gon. He is a former interate, interim heavyweight champion. He beat Derek Lewis for the title. Derek Lewis is a fan favorite. So that kind of Love put him on a put a rocket ship on his back. Um, so years ago, you'll remember there was a lot of heat around the idea of a John Jones Brock Lesnar fight. Um, not not about a belt, but about money, right? Like about wanting to put together a fight that would fill a and they wanted to put that in a stadium. They wanted to make that the biggest fight of all time. It never happened. But John Jones had flirted with the idea of fighting at heavyweight for a long time, and in particular to get these prize fights. Like, he wanted the big money fights. Obviously, the Cormier fights are big money fights, but, of course, we also know there's a complicated history between John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Not Nothing to Daniel Cormier's fault that John Jones... I don't even want to say fault because didn't we find out like one time it really wasn't his fault at all what happened that like well at the end of the day I don't I don't want to give blame to him I think it's just recklessness it was it not, was not having a tight life well there was that after so he won the first fight with Cormier right and then he got arrested and then he went I mean like John Jones is trouble so I don't know the order but one time it was but then picograms, he one time was cocaine, that, one time was estrogen. It's but didn't we find out something about like that? Like when they finally dug in on the the story of the the steroid thing, that like there really was, there actually was a chance that he wasn't knowingly doing steroids. That like all when mm-hmm. all of the it, investigation it came down to a tainted supplement, right? Yeah. That like um, like what what everybody says they did that when they were doing steroids, 
that like the investigation actually proved that John Jones truly might not have known that he was doing something wrong. It was a micro amount of right. what they that, had found, that, and they had decided that it wasn't enough to penalize him harshly and just leave it as it was a tainted, sub, uh, and tainted s- substance. And so it derailed all of these things between his own troubles. And I always, this is always very disappointing to me to talk about it because there's no defense over some of these things. There's just simply no defense. John Jones is a troubled individual, and there's no defending some of his actions. It's complicated for me because John Jones also was involved in a lot of charity things that I did over the years, like went out of his way to help me raise food for various shelters in the area, like did things he never needed to do to raise more money for more places around town with me over the years. So I've always admitted I am a... I have complicated feelings with John Jones because there are, you know, thing, things that he's done related to women that are unacceptable, if true, right? Like, utterly unacceptable. I'm, it's complicated. I'm never going to give him a pass for any of that. But I, it, I do all of that I weigh, right? And I talk about it when I talk about John Jones. Doesn't, in no way makes it okay. What's undeniably true to me is that he's the greatest UFC fighter of all time. You can have your opinions about whoever it is that you want to have your opinions about. John Jones has never cleanly been defeated by anyone. There was some... Who was it there was a little bit of controversy about in the ultimate, like, in the decision? That um, was Dominic Reyes. Dominic, Dominic Reyes. And yeah, and, uh, uh, his most recent fight. A little yeah. bit with Tiago as well, because Tiago got injured yeah, during the fight. But, but well, n- yeah, but he still won. Yeah, yeah. like, Don, John yeah. definitely won that fight. The, the Reyes fight, there was some dispute about whether or not he should have been the winner. It's not like everybody knew that Reyes definitely won the fight, but there was some dispute about it. The only loss that he has in his career was because he threw an illegal elbow, right? Like, yeah. it was a fight that he was he going lost to... lost because he was beating the dude that bad. Correct. Right. Like, that's it. To me, that's the story of John Jones being the greatest fighter of all time. I don't know. Like, there is... I'm going to watch because I've watched every John Jones fight ever right like now again part of that is i had a personal relationship with him and the whole thing like i again this is con- i'm going to watch this fight i have no idea what i'm getting into like i have no idea what to expect with john jones returning now what is he 35 at this point sounds about right i would say between 33 and 35 uh and that's that is fairly young yeah. for heavyweight that's about your prime Francis is 35. Yeah. I think Francis is 33, 35 as well. Stipe was like winning when he well, was Well, yeah, I mean, th- there are definitely dudes that fought until... Yeah. I mean, Daniel Cormier fought right. until yeah. he was damn near 40, right? That's yeah. that's usually the way to go in heavyweight. But, yeah. not, but not many of them did it after being away for three years, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have... I just... And moving up a weight class, right. being away for three years, I don't know what to make of it. I'm... I'll, I will watch the fight. There is no question in my mind that I'll watch. I'm excited. I think if John Jones is fighting, I got to trust that John Jones is going to show up. And sure, I would it think, took his time for sure. Sure, yeah. but the thing that always made him at light heavyweight so impossible was those skinny Lanks. legs. Yeah. Right. Like it was. What do you do when when he, when when he's not even fighting? He's scoring because he's just you know getting those kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like. It was what you couldn't do anything about it. He was an enigma as a fighter. Like there was nothing you could do to beat John Jones at light heavyweight. I don't know how that translates at heavyweight. I don't know what his body looks like at heavyweight. I I assume he's still going to have pretty skinny legs at heavyweight. I don't know how much more he could put on the, like the way that he is built is the way that he is built. 
I don't know that you can do a lot more. I think he's still going to have some skinny legs when he goes out there, and he's still going to be able to land kicks, and that will probably be his strategy is try to land kicks and, you know, take your chances when you can take your chances. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Cyril is – John has not fought somebody that sticks a move like Cyril even at light heavyweight, so – yeah, it's, it's gonna be very interesting it's to see. Compelling. I, it's 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 unfortunately. When is the when is the fight? March fourth. March fourth. Um, yeah. Okay. It's funny uh, <laughs> when it got leaked. So it got leaked on a T-Mobile Arena banner. Um, somebody in the UFC messed oh, up. Yeah. Dana oh, White God. had to Man, address UFC. it, and uh, a reporter asked, like, "Oh, so um, you know, you're known for saying uh, John should never uh be back in Vegas. Uh, so <laughs> what's what's going on with March fourth, Vegas, mm-hmm. <laughs> two eighty five? And he was like. Yeah, we didn't want anybody to know, but that's know. what it is. It's <laughs> what it is. There it is. John so yeah, Jones back is back in Vegas. And Francis Nagano, have we? As as he, is there any update there? Like they, no, the, I mean, the word was he was trying to do something with Tyson Fury. Yeah, right? it sounds like he wants to do boxing, but it sound, also sounded like he was going to take his time. I mean, like he would. I, I like, like Francis, but he would get his ass kicked by so, Tyson Fury. Oh yeah, right? of course. If they if they box, yeah. if they really stop. Stop. I, I, I can't say I watched too much Tyson Fury. So. Dude, Tyson but. Fury he would would wreck him. Stop. I love Francis, but he's, there's no chance. Yeah. You're just doing it for the sake of doing it. I, I get it. I wish we could have gotten John and Francis. And yeah, I, I, that would have been better, obviously. Yeah, that, that probably would have been, been bigger than Brock that John. That I, it would not have been bigger than Brock John. You, dude, you're way off. Everything that Brock thing ever is, is always the biggest thing ever. Like Brock, yeah. the appeal of Brock Lesnar goes so far beyond you know fighting that – you can't get bigger than John and Brock. That was a big. I mean, I guess if you had Connor somehow fight Brock, <laughs> like, I have no idea how you would possibly do that. It couldn't be a UFC fight. Um, but like, if somehow you put the two of them, I mean, the WWE could have done a Connor yeah. Brock thing, I guess, at some point. But there would be the only way to go about doing it. The biggest fight you could ever do practically would be Brock and John. Although, I'm sure the WWE at some point thought about. And they did. They did Brock and Kane in WWE at one point. Um, they they probably thought about trying to make a pitch to Connor about doing something like that, but I don't know. I mean, it would have had to cost him a billion dollars in order to pull it off. All right, good stuff. Obviously a busy week, so uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, nothing boxing wise. I guess there really wasn't. Yeah, it was really time. light. I tried to look to yeah. top rank. wasn't really yeah. active no, this I get weekend. It. I get it. And there's a break this weekend coming up. Uh, Weekend yeah, there's after. not any sort of UFC fight this weekend. No. Right? Nope, taking a break, yeah. sadly. It's but then Bellator does a big thing Super Bowl weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they're doing do. a, a thing with the Risen. Right? So they did that. They did that New Year's Eve. I um, thought they were doing something. Else. Well, then what they're, are they doing? They're, they're oh, they're doing a CBS fight on. They're doing a network fight. I think Super they're Bowl doing weekend, network right? network, and there's. I think it's the start of their light heavyweight grand. Okay. Light, not light heavyweight, lightweight grand grand prix. All right. Very mm-hmm. good. Very good. Yeah. All right. That was fighting words. Uh, Charles, we're doing that every week this semester. I'll give my good pick for uh, the next UFC. There's a 1 a.m. flight card uh, next next Saturday since I won't be here next oh, okay. week. I gotta, everybody's, take, everybody's dying for I'm this. I'm taking Derek Lewis over. Uh, I, I love. So it's I do in, love me some Derek Lewis. It's in Vegas. It was supposed to be in Seoul, South Korea, but yeah. the main event Korean Zombie had to drop out due to injury, and the UFC just decided to just bring it to Vegas. So they have like but an the, all. But Asian they're still doing it 1 a.m. Yes. Yeah. They're still doing it more. Like, for the South Asian, because they have an all Asian card. Okay. All right. fighters. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, all right. Good Derek stuff. Derek was undefeated in the Apex. Good Gotta stuff. Go today, tid, tidbit today is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers. If you have not signed up for DraftKings before, it is the time to do it because. 
This is free money that we're talking about. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Click on the DraftKings offer. New players bet just $5 and win $150 if either quarterback throws for more than a single yard in the Chiefs-Bengals game. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up now. Brock Purdy will become the fifth He's rookie He's going to fight John Jones? No. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, That's the fight we've always won- that'd be wanted. Yeah, I think Purdy would have a chance. I mean, just because he's... Been so surprising. He's going to surprise True. us again. He'll be the fifth rookie quarterback to start a conference championship game, uh, per Evan Abrams at Evan H Abrams on Twitter. Um, so I want to know if you can name the other four. For the record, these four are zero and four straight up uh, in in their uh, in, in these games. So they, so so the rookie quarterback has never won, um, but he will be the fourth. Can you name the other four rookies to make it to the conference championship? Wait a second. Hmm. Kurt Warner was legally a rookie. Oh, was he? Yeah, I mean he wasn't not in his first year, first but like he was legally a rookie. I got a lot of questions right, well, about based Evan on Abrams. The, yeah, all right, based on the information I was looking at, it did right. not include him. Hang on a second. Oh, let me let me double check that there's nothing uh, afoot see, here. The Kurt Warner, legally speaking, legally speaking. Oh, they're calling it. They're saying oh. that because he played in one game the year before, he's not legally a rookie. Take it back. Kay. You get you get it. You get Evan it. Abrams. You get it. No, sorry. Still, sorry, Evan Abrams. I, my apologies. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Uh, yes, Ben Roethlisberger in 2000. Did the Eagles make the playoffs Jalen Hurts' rookie year? They did not. Okay. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they played. benched him for Sudfeld. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, <laughs> rookie quarterbacks that made the championship game. Championship game. Uh, oh, championship game. I thought it was just playoffs in general. Yeah, make it all the way to the AFC or Ooh. the NFC championship. They're all since the earliest was 1999. Oh, Joe Flacco, of course. Yes. Joe Flacco played in Pittsburgh in 08 in the championship game. That yes. is correct. Joe Flacco. So you have Flacco and Roethlisberger. Two more. Ten years apart. Mark Sanchez? Mm-hmm. The very next year, 2009, Mark I Sanchez. I just couldn't I didn't remember. I say that one. I was thinking. Well, I couldn't remember if it was rookie year or second yeah. year. It was his rookie year, Mark Sanchez. And the third one, friend of the program. Friend of the program? Charlie Batch? Not Charlie Batch. I, like, I don't remember him being in a championship game. Friend of the program? Jesus Christ, who else is a friend of the program? Quarterback that we had on at some point across the season. Okay, but is he actual friend of the program or just somebody we had on? Uh, I, well, I guess, yeah, it was someone we had on, I guess. Okay, well, that's yeah, a little bit different. A little less so a friend of the program, but we, we've had him on. Trent Green? Not Trent Green. Who else have we had on that would have... Who am I blanking on this, here? This is... Uh, this no. Is, oh, okay, that's a good... We did have Trent Dilfer on. That's yeah. a good one. Um, oh, Sean King. Sean King. Sean King. Our friend I of do Beeson. love. I do love Sean King. That's a. He's a great dude. I love. <laughs> With the him. Buccaneers in nineteen. He did have a hell of a run. He did have a hell of a run. That's a great point. Wow. All right. Good call. Those are the four. Yes. Those All are right. the four. Sean. King I have and Flacco. something for you. Uh oh. I have something for you because it popped up. Hang on a second. Now I got to find it again. Uh, from Scott Caxmar on Twitter. Thirty-four teams have lost a conference championship game at home. Can I name all thirty-four? No, not all thirty-four. <laughs> Two coaches. Make up eight of those thirty-four losses. Two coaches have each lost four conference championship games at home. At home. Oh, I've. Oh, I think I. 
Uh, Ooh, conference championship. Two, two well, I feel coaches. Like based on who's playing this weekend, I feel like Andy Reid. Andy Reid is Andy definitely Reed is on the list. Them. He has the chance to break the record for the coach <laughs> that lost I've the most. I heard somewhere so if you Marty four. Schottenheimer. Not Marty Schottenheimer. Who's lost? The, the Bills? No. No, they won their championship yeah, games. Right, they lost right, the right, Super Bowl right. was the one that they lost. Who's been in a lot of championships uh, and would not win? Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Um, let's see. Let's see. Belichick? Not Belichick, although, again, yeah. lost a few yeah. Super Bowls. So many. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You think that surely the, it's true, the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Gruden? I don't know. Not Gruden. Let's see, let's see. I got my 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 older coaches. I'm not too good with, so I don't. So the '90s into the 2000s. '90s into the 2000s. I'm trying to think, of who was who? Belichick's a good guess. Who who was who was coaching the Patriots before? Belichick. It's not. It's not bad. Okay. Man, I man, I'm 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 completely blank. I'm just it's someone who's a very unpopular man in Baltimore. Um. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Bill Cower. He's lost four championship Good. games. Good. Yeah, exactly <laughs> how I felt. Uh, there was one other one. God, I, it's 12-23. This always happens. Uh, there are uh, Patrick Mahomes is one of five quarterbacks to have lost two conference championship games at home and would set a new record. He's one of five quarterbacks? He's one of five. I to think lose I a home conference championship. To lose two to lose home two. conference okay. championship games. Donovan McNabb has Donovan McNabb, absolutely. Yeah. With Andy Reid. You know, yeah. 100%. Donovan McNabb is absolutely on the list. Big Ben. No. Mm. But there is a Steeler. Okay. Not Rodgers. Didn't he lose two in the last two years? Uh, he won on one at home. Or he lost one at home. And then one was on yeah. the road? Okay. Yeah. Brett Favre? Nope. Not, obviously not the Steeler. But nope. Um, the other three, two are Hall of Famers. The third one is a former Raven. Hmm. Steve McNair? Not Steve McNair. Uh, Joe Flacco? No, yeah, the Ravens have never had a championship game at home. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right, back to the Steeler. The Steeler is a former Raven. Oh, uh, so, so, um... Uh, sh- shoot, what's his name? Why, can't I, why am I blanking completely on his name? It's uh, Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. <laughs> Very good. The other two are Hall of Famers. Montana. No, but oh. close. Yep. Steve Young. Steve Young. Not Peyton Manning. Uh, hmm. Someone who's more famous for losing Super Bowls than losing championship games. Oh, no, no, not John Elway. Not John Elway. Hmm. Losing Super Bowls. Yeah, but someone still who lost never won a Super games. Bowl. Oh, Marino. Like Marino. Marino. Dan Marino. Dan Marino yeah, is sense. the other makes one. Sense. Very good. good list. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by, or just a reminder, that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Uh, tonight, the Maryland women are on television. They're on Big Ten Network as they take on Michigan, 630 at home. Towson's at home against Northeastern on Flow Hoops, 7 o'clock. Mount St. Mary's is at home against Fairfield at 7 on ESPN+. Big Ten Hoops tonight on FS1. Iowa-Michigan State at 7. Purdue-Michigan at 9. The rest of the college basketball you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Australian Open men's semifinals. The only good news for the women's semifinals were last night, and both of them were overnight. They are staggering the men's semifinals. So tonight, if you're up late, you will be able to watch one of them 
as tonight at 10 o'clock well, or 10.30, Karen Hatchinoff and Stefano Tsitsipas. Unfortunately, the one that you would care about if you're a casual fan would be Tommy Paul and Novak Djokovic, and that one is overnight. That one will be at uh, 3.30 in the morning tomorrow. So Man, if we're lucky when we get in here. I don't think there's a chance in hell. I just don't think. Tommy Paul hanging around. I don't. I, <laughs> it would be so cool. I think that match will be over by 5.30 in the morning. I don't. Even if you do the morning shows, I don't even think Ed Norris and them will be able to see any of that match. I don't think there's a chance in all hell that Tommy Paul is competitive so with Novak Djokovic. So take the under Djokovic. total sets? Uh, I mean, if the under, I mean, I or the under uh, total games. Games, I yeah, yeah, I would. I, I don't even know what the number is. I don't care how low it 19. is. I probably. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be stunned. He blew out Andre Rublev, and Tommy Paul is not Andre Rublev. But I hope. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's something magical that happens. I hope they play for four hours. I still probably will not be awake in time to watch any of that match. But yeah, Novak Djokovic, Tommy Paul, overnight in the other Australian Open men's semi. Uh, Stan texted me last night and said, "Are we sure we're going to be able to do the show?" I'm like, Stan, I, I am. <laughs> I love tennis. I ain't staying up till 3.30 in the morning to watch. If the, if it was like Francis, maybe. Because I could also talk myself into the idea that maybe Francis had a chance. I can't talk myself into the idea that Tommy Paul has a chance against Novak Djokovic. Uh, NBC Sports Washington tonight. Penguins Capitals at 7 o'clock. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Flyers Wild at 8. TNT, Knicks Celtics, 7.30. Mavs Suns at 10. Golf Channel for round two of the Farmers Insurance Open at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Total is 30 and a half match games in the Joker uh, racing so I, so I can just racing. so I can just set that set that one and forget it wake up to a couple extra bucks look man <laughs> look again it's there's a reason why they play the games but I mean really you think it's going 6-4 you realize it has to go three sets of, of four in every set like he couldn't get a second break in any set or obviously Tommy Paul would have to win a set in order for that to be the case and I just don't see it alright uh, Celebrity Jeopardies in the, their final semifinal stage. Patton Oswalt and Michael Sarah will be on. Sure. Great. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Kimmel's 20th anniversary, so he'll have the original. There like, was a lot of Patton Oswalt in my life last week because, of course, we went to Remati- Re- Renny's oh, Ratatouille. Ratatouille Adventure ah. at Disney World. So great a lot great of... film. Great, Dude, my, great voice my, acting. The, the five-year-old, for whatever he's about to get in trouble with, uh, he's a hell of a chef. Like he's, oh. he's our little chef. So we got him a little Remy uh, for him to carry around with him. He loves Ratatouille because of maybe, it. Maybe, maybe that's the so, problem. Like He's just carrying around the, the toys. Maybe that is the problem. I, I am so nervous yeah. about this. Uh, so he's having George Clooney, Snoop Dogg, and Coldplay uh, return, who were his first ever guest on Kimmel. Uh, that's a 10, So actually. why is this? It's his 20th it? anniversary oh, sure. of Jamie Kimmel Live. I like I like Kimmel fine, but he had Snoop Dogg and Coldplay on his first episode. Uh, yeah, Together, did they do like a collaboration of some sort? I well, I don't know. Um, we'll have to watch, find out. I'm sure. Yeah, I, Michael B. Jordan's on. Pass. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan's on Jimmy Fallon. He's hosting Saturday Night Live this week. Yes, yes, he yeah. is. Uh, also, Creed Three coming up. Yep. Um, and then the Poker Face, the series, uh, the Ryan Johnson Knives Out uh, with uh, Natasha Leone, the like murder mystery series, is on Peacock, and that premieres that's, that's tonight. Available. Okay. Yes, I believe the first four episodes should come out tonight, and then I guess I'm not sure how many episodes would be in it total, but um, Poker Face. That's and then pa- Wolfpack is a series on uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, also, Teen Wolf the movie. They're like, I guess they're just running these back for like the Teen Wolf stuff, which is they're all kind of sure. It's on Paramount Plus. Okay, all right, we can Poker so, Face. Is the so we're done. The real all right, thing. thank you, yeah. thank you. We're done. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, uh, Charles, you're on social. Charles AP twenty eight on Instagram. Very good. 
Thanks today to uh, Trey Mancini. That was very cool. Thanks also to Ken Zalis, to Eric Arditi, as well as to Brandon Gordon. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stan is in tomorrow. Um, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN will join us. We'll talk more about the Lamar Jackson situation, uh, Ravens offensive coordinator search, and Randy Mueller will check in with us, our uh, friend, former NFL GM, uh, get his thoughts on um, what the Ravens should be doing right now with Lamar Jackson. All of that coming up tomorrow morning. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialists, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Uh, go Maryland women. Go Mount St. Mary's. Go Towson. Duke sucks.